What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Geek Scott Game. It's been a long time coming. I'm really, 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 really excited to podcast again. We've got, I know it's a lot of reallys, we've got a full, more than a full crew here today. I'm Josiah Leroy. Go to my right, Mr. Tom Colbert. Hello. Colbert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I worked all day. I got nothing, sir. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Across from me, Mr. Jeffrey Pobbs. What's up, buddy? Yo, yo, yo. What's up? To my left, making his... Modern podcast debut. <laughs> the Geeks Got Game crossover. You oh know boy. him from Memory Machine, Nate Lockhart. Howdy, y'all! Super exciting to have Nate on today. And to my very left, Captain Marikonsky himself, Seth Zelinsky. <laughs> What's going on? It's your boy, Seth Adam Zelinsky. Pleasure to be here in the uh, forced in in a fifth chair here in this very tight situation. Uh, this is uh, wasn't very well thought out, but I'm all I'm the only one to blame. But a pleasure to be here. Your middle name is Adam. Yes, it is. He's uh, he's yes, sitting in he's sitting huh. in a high chair that uh, fits him very well. <laughs> it's it's a great aesthetic for you. So he likes to be cozy. Uh, he's sitting really high. I love it. Uh, so yeah, um, I have been away for a little bit in terms of podcasting. No walking carpet. No geeks got gave last month. Uh, we had our our memory machine still going on, and we had our girls who geek. But uh, I had a good reason for it. Uh, so wife and I had a baby girl, which is very exciting. Um, pre-show here, we talked about crap, which was really <laughs> good. Uh, so <laughs> Nate and I shared a nice bond there. And the, the uh-huh. rest of you guys, like Nate said, you'll, you'll get there one day maybe. But uh, yeah, uh-huh. cleaning dirty diapers. Yep. So didn't know this before I was... You're d- <laughs> Didn't know before I was dead. But uh, if your baby feeds with breast milk, their poop does not stink. Mm-hmm. So good to know. There you go. There's your no. free tip of the episode right there, everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get into video games shortly here. <laughs> um, oh, it's the beginning of hockey season as well. I keep looking at my phone here. Sabres are up 3-1 in the meaningless preseason right. game. Yeah, preseason. But Woo! Nylander's got two assists, so I'll take it. Okay. Um, what? I'm almost scared to ask Nate, but what has everyone been playing lately <laughs> in terms like of video games? Uh. What have I been playing lately? We, now, you did mention Octopath Traveler you're about to dive into. Yeah, I, I've wanted to. I haven't really had a chance much yet. Um, I'm trying to think of what i played lately. I do have Octopath, but I haven't played it yet. It's been on the back burner. Tis a good game. So I hear. I recommend so, it. So I hear. I think the most recent thing I've been playing is I, I have an Atari 7800. So of course, I fixed that up a little bit over the summer, but honestly, that's I haven't even touched that in a month or so. Been very busy, very busy. Pavlik, what you been playing? Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on Switch because I haven't played enough Monster Hunter in the four or five hundred hours that I've played. I like the rest of this. I love it. Uh, This one's really fun. Uh, Biggest biggest roster of monsters yet. Something like ninety three there are in the game, so I I got plenty left to uh, plow through. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, you know, like. People who play Monster Hunter, like they really love it. Mm-hmm. I have not met anyone who is who has played Monster Hunter and just been like, that's it's all right. Yeah, you're either you yeah. either don't play it or you're just obsessed with it. It's yeah. just like I gotta, I gotta, gotta keep playing, <laughs> gotta get that armor set. People gotta stay get away from it because of that very reason. Yeah. It takes a commitment. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not one that you can just play casually. You know, I'll just pick it up for you know a couple hours this week. It's like crazy. you have to be committed to it if you're gonna play it. And there's so many things out these days, so that's that's a tough balance. Yep. Tom, you've been revisiting No Man's Sky lately. I have, yeah. I just picked it up the other day and spent like four to six hours trying to get off the first planet. So that was fun. I did it. I'm good. I'm <laughs> well, that's off. a fun Sunday. Xbox One? Yeah. Um, Xbox One recently got the Xbox One X, um, and I've been exploring the Game Pass options, playing some old school 360 games, and kind of getting my Xbox fixed that I haven't got 
because I was a yes. PS4 guy. So it's coming together. But Finally got, got this man on an Xbox. So, yep. I just got to get the one to my left uh, on Xbox here. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. You got you got some bright ideas there, Leroy. And uh, let me just tell you, not only have I not gotten an Xbox, but I have upgraded my PlayStation Four. I've been I've been I've christened my limited edition 500 million PS4 Pro. Uh, check out the unboxing on and uh, the latest uh, unboxing episode of PS Tracks if you want to see more about that. But it's been christened by the only thing I've been playing lately, which is uh, Spider Man on PS4. Insomniac Spider Man, obviously Josiah. And me have been playing a lot of that lately. He's been finding the time, despite being a father, a new father. But um, there's been so much else going on, like z- you know, the the remaster of Zone of the Enders, the second runner came out Ooh, like a week yeah. or two ago. But I'm like, I can't. I, d- I mean, I like it's you know, it, it gener- I generally have a problem like getting a new game, but then skipping off to something else really quick. But Spider Man, I have been sticking with. So uh, it's been, uh, which is, is somewhat uncommon, and it's a. Uh, let it be a testament to the quality of the game because it is uh, absolutely excellent. It's been such an incredibly wonderful time, and uh, oh, I look forward to many more hours with it. And, you know, he can take a breath. Yeah. Now he can yeah. breathe. Man, he really <laughs> usurped your uh, hosting authority there. No, no, no. I threw it over to him. Oh. It's all good. It's okay. all good. good. Yeah. He was allowed yeah. to speak. I'm the captain now. <laughs> Don't you dare. Put, put him in the, oh, he's already in the high chair. Okay, never we mind. We have a peanut so, gallery over here. Peanut gallery is right. This yeah. is one of my favorite Seth moods right here. Just... He just threw a cap of Zima at Nate. That sums up everything you need to know. You've been capped. (laughs) (laughs) Baron Zima himself over here. So uh, has anyone else here played Sunset Overdrive at all? So you you haven't, Seth. I've played Sunset (laughs) Riders. Yes, I have too. I like that. All right. Fist bump. Let's fist bump that. All righty. Did you tell me? I played it for the first time last week. I really love that game. Like, it was underrated. So I need to spend more time there's kind of like a learning curve to it. I mean, like it was definitely a different style of gaming. Like it took me a while to figure out like how I need to constantly be moving and I mean just grinding on everything. Oh yeah. So it was just kind of like, okay, this really is like Tony Hawk meets a cartoon shooter. <laughs> what <laughs> really that what sounds fascinating. Yeah, it, it's all it is. Yeah. Zombies and big monsters and it was definitely kind of like that and like sick fun. Tricks. Yeah. Nice. Back uh, in when it came out, like one of the reviews I read said it was Tony Hawk meets Spider-Man, and ironically, Insomniac now makes a Spider-Man yeah. game. Yeah. So you almost wonder if fun, that helped him get that fun. gig. Yeah, for the first little bit I played. So I loved it. I uh, I don't think we'll we'll ever get a second one because Microsoft kind of leaves some of those IPs to die, which sucks. But um, I, I would love another Sunset at some point. In fact, they could make another Sunset and then go back to another Spider-Man. I'd be happy. Yeah, just um, rotate between those two for the rest of their careers. I'd be good to yeah. go. <laughs> so I've been playing a ton lately we've been getting a lot of review copies which is really great we're we're thankful to all the uh the pr firms and publishers for hooking us up with those but um played a a side-scrolling adventure called uh planet alpha a few weeks ago it's from team 17 which is the same publisher of overcooked 2 which is a blast tom picked up overcooked recently also Mm -hmm. very addictive we'll do uh, a geek play on that in the coming weeks um Lots of NHL 19. It's it's the best iteration of the franchise to date. I think it's the best one on any system, actually. I've heard that from a lot of people. They finally feel like they're in the conversation with NBA 2K to a lesser extent. Mm. Maybe Madden, definitely FIFA, uh, which which is saying a lot because uh, there's not a lot of time to complete those games on an annual basis. Right, and uh, right. they really feel like they freshened it up with the new ones game mode, which is a blast. And... Uh, Big fan of it. I, I always love NHL, but this one is particularly great. So pick that up if you haven't. Um, I just started Shadow of the Tomb Raider. If there's one thing that 
stands out, it's that it is a gorgeous game. Mm. Absolutely gorgeous. I have it on um, basically more, you can adjust the sliders, and I've got it on a higher frame rate, and I've been playing it on the Xbox One X. Oh, boy. That is a pretty game. Not very far in the story, maybe just an hour in, but I look forward to moving on with that. Uh, last thing I am playing, uh, I just finished Spider-Man. Uh, I'm definitely going for 100% in oh that boy. game, which is not something I often do. But this one I can't get enough of. Story was wonderful. Uh, later this week, I'm going to have an article, a uh, hypothetical article called the Marvel Games Universe, which is kind of like a parody almost of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where I think it could go based on the success and quality of this game from Insomniac. So it's a real testament to what they've been able to do with uh, one of Marvel's most popular superheroes. What we're talking about today, uh, the meat of everything today, is the history of superhero video games. So speaking of Spider-Man and mm. its, its success lately, uh, we're going to jump into that. We're going to go back pretty much all the way back to the beginning here, uh, which is particularly why we brought in Nate, uh, our hey. basically our resident historian today. That's me. Uh, so we're going to go through uh, some of the more prominent titles throughout the years and throughout the decades here and just touch on... Uh, a little bit about the games themselves, why they may have been a little bit revolutionary or why they stuck out to us in our mind, and uh, we'll take it from there. But first up on the list, uh, Superman for the Atari 2600 from 1979. Yes. Take it away, Nate. So the history of superheroes in video games is a very interesting one uh, because it seems that there was never a publisher throughout the early history of superhero video games that sort of took the easy way out. They always tried to find some ambitious way to interpret the source material in video game mode. And that's evident right from the get-go with Superman, uh, which I believe is the first superhero-based video game that anybody ever made. Made in 1979. Was it before uh, Spider-Man? Oh, it was before Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, this right. would have been yeah. shortly after the first Christopher Reeves movie, too, right? It would have right? been like a year afterwards. Mm -hmm. Okay, It doesn't yeah. use any promotional material from the movie. Like the, It's just sort of a generic uh, comic book cover. I don't know who drew Superman for the cover, but um, but they do uh, have that. Yeah, they was it? Yeah. I, have you actually played this one? I have not played yeah, it. I've only seen coverage of it. Uh, AVGN talked about this years ago. It's very ambitious. Yeah, because it's kind of uh, kind of open ended, and it's a bit yeah. It's uh, an it's an event actually. It, it borrows uh, some of the source code from Adventure, which was also out that same oh, year. Oh, really? Actually, Superman came out before Adventure did for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Interesting. And you see that in the uh, in the map, the way the map works. Yeah. Um, which is it doesn't really necessarily go from screen to screen it has its own internal logic but basically the gist of the game is Lex Luthor blows up a bridge and you got to find all the pieces and put the bridge back together and put away all of his henchmen so you pick them up and put them to jail and there is a kryptonite thing that bounces around from screen to screen and if it touches you you turn back into Clark Kent then if you want to turn back into Superman, you have to find Lois Lane and kiss her. And that turns you back into Superman. Um, I, mean, which, I, that, I mean, it yeah. works It works the source material into the gameplay, it which, does. Is, which is admirable. It does, which is, which is crazy if you think about two years ago was the 2600's launch. And the games, the most complex game up to that point was like combat. And mm. so they went from that to doing something like this with Superman. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it just shows that... that I don't think anybody ever takes the source material for granted until we get to LJN games on the <laughs> NES. 
That, um, that's when it comes to churning them out as products. Yeah. So than adapting oh, the for source sure. material. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I feel like in the early 80s and in the mid 80s, they're taken a little bit more seriously in mm. that regard. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's there you Superman. have it. Superman. What a suitable s- place for us to start mm-hmm. as the, uh, the original superhero himself. Yeah. Check what it out. It's cool. What do you got next, Nate? This is this is y- your own in this uh, for the time being. Yeah. Oh, I, I got it right here, buddy. He's showing me the notes. He, he's being a good host right there. <laughs> that's a good host. Uh, no, with the I'm retaking the mic back from Seth. What? Thank you, Nate. Okay, yeah. back to you, Seth. <laughs> Thank you, Josiah. <laughs> Nate, back to you. Well, the... The, uh, the the next major one. This is also in sort of the quote unquote first generation of computer of uh, video console games, and it's Spider Man on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred by Parker Brothers. This is uh, where that's we right. cut. Parker Brothers used to make video games, and they had a very uh, robust video game division up until the late eighties, when they unfortunately for them saddled themselves with the Sega Master System instead of the NES, and that kind of. Booted them out. <laughs> I always say go with Nintendo, but you know people, uh, people don't do it. People say <laughs> people say I'm it. a little biased. I don't mm-hmm. know why. They were really hoping <laughs> for. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole reason as to why Nintendo was not very nice in the late '80s with regards to licenses. But we don't need to go over that here. That's a whole other podcast. That certainly um, is. Yeah. Yes, it is. But uh, Spider-Man comes out. It's uh, it's a very. It, this is the first one I feel like to take sort of a more arcadey approach. Mm. You're Spider-Man. You have to climb a building. Is this where we cut in the commercial with the Green Goblin? Yes, and yes, yes. And they're they're fighting over a joystick. It's a great. It's a great early Atari. It is. Commercial. A, it is a great early Atari commercial. Yeah. I, it's live action, right? Yeah. 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 You're running out of fluid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I think it's Seth has seen silly. the commercial. I don't know why, great, but I, I have one. this. I'm all about the commercials. <laughs> yeah, man. We're gonna we're gonna do a podcast someday about early video game commercials. I'm all about it. Oh boy. Let's one. And and. Have you played the game, Nate? I have. I okay. own the game. Do you, do you I own think both it's a good Superman and Spider-Man. Do you think it's a good game? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, really? Um, no. Oh. I think it's a good interpretation. <laughs> uh, I don't, because the climbing mechanic is very clumsy. You'll have to shoot web up to climb the building. So he, so he shoots it web up, and then when you let go of the button, then you climb the length of the web that he shot. Um, and it's, uh, it's very clumsy spider-man doesn't move very well i mean especially when you think of spider-man you think of someone who is very graceful and athletic and you're not playing that way at all as you climb the building mm-hmm. and as you go up you can save people and defuse bombs and the green goblins up there just kind of moving back and forth and when you get to the top kinda avoid them yep you get bonus points then rinse, rinse lather repeat right. um so that's Spider-Man, Spider-Man for the Atari So what year was that? 1982. 1982. Okay, so we're jumping three years already jumping now. Jumping three years. Um, this was That was definitely at the height of the video game market in America up to that point. Before the crash. Before yeah. the crash a year later, which I always make sure to mention whenever people talk about the crashes. This is when the market crashed. If you were a kid in 1983, you would never have a clue that there was a crash. You're just like cool games are only five dollars at, at my gas station that's awesome <laughs> like like you would never know well granted five yeah. bucks back then was a little different sure. it sounds very much <laughs> like all the nintendo wii shovelware out there it is very much like that Which, very much like that hey mm-hmm. what i know what he's trying i know what yeah. he's trying down there, <laughs> what? Trying down there. I, just, I just happen to look your way yeah. gosh uh, of course of Chill, course bro. then though uh they with the nintendo wii shovel everyone realized well no people still like video games we're just you know we're letting all this crap go out there, and not letting not, people aren't able to differentiate. Back then, it was, oh my god, people aren't, you know, video games aren't selling as well as they used to. 
what if video games are a fad? Maybe they'll never be good at cool games. Ha, and nobody ha, will ever could you them. imagine? Well, yeah, but that's what the market. Well, I know. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy to yeah think of that. It is very sen- crazy. you know scenario given uh, where we are today, especially because in Europe, um, computer games were just getting off to the really getting off to a start. Nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three, with the release of the BBC Micro computer and the ZX Spectrum. Um, ah. Which were big British computer? <laughs> well, they were, well, they were huge. Check out Larry <laughs> Bundy Jr.'s uh, channel if you oh, want to know yes. more about that, uh, that oh, side. Boy. There's a whole other side yeah. of the video gaming world at that time that British gamers experienced. Mm-hmm. But it was all about the home computer, which is very different from the American experience. And that's a, right. a channel me and Nate are a fan of. He talks about a lot of mm-hmm. that. The, the British video game experience. Yeah, uh, it's definitely more focused around computers, especially yes, in the eighties. Yes, very much um, so, because that's what. British parents wouldn't buy them video game consoles. They were just like, no, no, but we'll get you a computer and you can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, of course, a Trojan horse for video games. Um, <laughs> but there, but uh, there, there are some interesting get you. interims in the middle 80s. Uh, most of them, uh, a lot of them didn't come out here. Uh, one that came out uh, that I looked up was called Superman the Game from First Star Software. It's come out for computers in 1985. It's kind of a weird mini game collection. Hmm. Playing a Superman, you're fighting against Darkseid. Oh, interesting. Um, it sounds more interesting than it is. It's just a lot of uh, <laughs> shooting lasers at each other. <laughs> Not that. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, you can tell that they're trying. You know, they're trying to give you different uh, angles of action to go for, but it doesn't quite. It's not cohesive. Um, there was the very first Batman game came out in 1986, and it did not come out here. It was only in Europe. It was an isometric adventure game uh, where Batman kind of walks around and he's pudgy and he collects stuff. And that's that's mm. just like that's kind of it. Just sounds weird to say you know two of the most iconic American superheroes never yeah. came out in America. Yeah, was right? that John Rittman who developed that? I don't. There was somebody know. who developed it an isometric who, a series of isometric adventure games, and mm. Batman was one of them. It was by Ocean Software. I don't know if that helps you or not. Doesn't help me at all. Prominent. Um, <laughs> British. Well, thanks, Nate. <laughs> I'm going from tertiary, uh, just recollecting yeah. off the back of my mind. But uh, couldn't tell you. Okay. And there was also oh, one of the things that came out in the mid 1980s was these things called the Quest Probe games from Adventure International. Mm. Uh, Scott Adams was the big guy who who did those. Mm. Uh, not Hitchhiker's Guide, Scott Adams. That's Douglas Adams. Oh, Douglas Adams. Th- Douglas. Thank you, Tom. You. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing matters. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Quest Pro, which, which these games were uh, graphical text adventures featuring the Marvel characters. Oh. So, so it shows like an image of what Spider-Man can see, and you say, uh, Spider-Man says, tells me what to do, and you say, go west, take lamp, things like that. You know, you have to type that in, press enter. It's very, okay. I mean, there's a... There's an art to them, and they're, and th- I do think they're neat, but I don't like to play them for an extended period of time. Uh, but there are very people who are very devoted to that genre of game. Sounds like basic fairy or um, like basic VR right now. Where you're like, I need to grab kinda. this model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of. Like, yeah, I'm just comparing the two. Like, to uh, say, like, yeah, know, the first step in that. Put era. key in lock. Yeah, yeah, like, like okay, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe that eventually they called them interactive novels, mm. which is a turn to page much forty-six. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. Not too different, honestly. And then another interesting one of these sort of computer interim games was called Batman: The Cape Crusader, which also did not come out here. 
So the sec- first and second Batman video games that were ever made never came out in the States. Uh, that one was a little bit more interesting. It's an it's a platforming action adventure game. You have to go around and collect items and put them places to open doors to then get more items to put things in place to open doors. Um, but the interesting thing about that is the action is displayed like comic panels. So what happens is uh, like Batman will go over to the side of the screen and then another panel will sort of pop up in front of it, but off to a little bit so it looks like you're traversing through a comic page, hmm. which is really cool. Um, Gameplay's not that great. Um, these are, yeah, these are ones I don't really have much, uh, much yeah. knowledge of. And there's also the terrible Superman game for the NES, getting out of the computer yes, stuff. Yes, another, another one that with the nerd talked with about. With little pudgy, chibi Superman yeah, who rides a subway to get places. I, I, I haven't looked into the history <laughs> of that. I haven't looked into the That's history true. of that game. That seems like uh, a game that was something else that was repurposed as a Superman game. It Is feels that, that way, but uh, it's, it's not. Sort of, it's sort yeah. of like a... It's like a bad knockoff Mega Man almost, the way you kind of equip different powers and kind of like that. Yeah, I I honestly don't get the feeling that it wasn't before Mega Man. I I I think it was eighty seven. Oh, same year. Yeah, Um, it it was designed with Superman in mind. Okay. uh, From uh, the Japanese developer Chemco, and Superman does things like uh, talks to the Statue of Liberty. And uh, D- does it talk it back? Or yeah, <laughs> it sure does. Yeah. Yeah, and right. she's little. She has a cute little chibi face, anime face, and she talks to you. And oh, so and it's definitely Japanese. Okay. Oh, very, very, very. And uh, yeah, Superman can't get to some places by flying. He just got to take the subway. So you. So there's like these little scenes where Superman goes into the subway, and he's surrounded. Like Superman is most of the moving characters in this game are, are shown as these little, you know, chibi characters. You know, cute little fat. 8-bit characters. But when he goes into the subway, the background is all like normal-looking people, but fat little Superman. And they're all kind of in shadow, and he, yes. he's like this little weird baby that's in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What it's, dimension is this? It is. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I urge you to look up a, a long play of it, because it is very cute and very awful. Um, <laughs> there, There's a ton of... I mean, there's so many of these games, but I think the first, like, the first really good one that stands out to me is... The Batman game that Sunsoft made oh. for the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1989. Yes, that's 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 one of the that's one of the big go tos. You're talking yes. about good licensed games. I mean, yeah, a, pl- a game that uh, kind of you know feels like it does justice to the, the source material, even though it takes a lot of liberties. It plays kind of like Ninja Gaiden. It does um, with the wall jumps. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a, it's a very challenging but kind of re- rewarding game to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got atmosphere. It's got yeah. That that is great really music. Yes, it does. it's got great music. Yeah, that is a great one. And uh, Sunsoft was actually going to also develop a Superman game, but yes. the license ended up getting can. Uh, so they ended up. Uh, they were going to call it Sunman. They they changed it to Sunman, but that game ended up even getting canceled. But mm. there are you know you can download ROMs of the Superman version of the game, and it's it's kind of interesting. There are like flying yeah. segments where you're flying around shooting and. There's kind of like different little uh, gameplay styles for different kinds of levels, uh, but yeah, Sunsoft was going to have a go at Superman as well. It probably yeah. might have been a decent game, but yeah, that Batman one is a is a an early hallmark of a license done oh, right. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't mean to say that this is the first interesting one because a lot of those earlier games, although they aren't great, they are very interesting. You know, yeah. they, they take interesting uh, tracks to get to where they think it should go. Mm-hmm. It's just whether or not they're particularly successful at it mm-hmm. and batman was one that re- really nailed it i think going the uh, ninja gaiden route yes absolutely 
Um, and multiple gadgets and sorry, you know, weapons. Were you going to say something, John? Yeah, I, I might be jumping. I didn't sure. play that no, one. please. But um, I played the Batman Returns one for that Super Nintendo. That one is good. Yeah. So that is that is any good. correlation to that other one, or is it a different um, I don't know. Well, what, what is it uh, saying on the box I, I there? Got, I got a picture of that. One. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, Konami did uh, Batman Returns. Okay, so that's the one I played. Yeah, the licenses were weird in those days. Like, you could just, you could just so, jump yeah. from one to the other, depending on the system, depending Nowadays on... Nowadays, it's very exclusive, locked in. Yeah. DC I, stuff is only with Warner Brothers. Star for, Wars for is only with For years at a time, yeah. too. For years at a time. Yes. Whereas this is like, oh, this year it's Sunsoft. Next year it's Atari. Next year it's Sega. Who cares? The EA um, license, for example, for Star Wars is 10 years. And that was whoa. before Force Awakens even launched. Probably a solid two or three years, I think, if I remember correctly. So... I can't remember what year they actually jumped into it, but mm. we're we're at least halfway through, and not to get too off topic, but it's like you know those those large chunks of licensing exclusivity are kind of crazy because mm. there's good and bad. Like right now, a lot of people would probably argue it's not good for Star Wars because we've only gotten <laughs> okay. Well, we know how Tom <laughs> feels about it. Kind of we've yeah. only gotten a you know half baked original Battlefront reboot. It's we only got been Battlefront. Five years? No. Right. And no. we have a canceled game. Yep. <laughs> we have Battlefront, which was kind of hey, let's get this out in time for Force Awakens. Yeah. And then Battlefront Two, which I really enjoyed, but you've got the loot box issue yeah. surrounding it. It's all money grip. So it, mm. it's tough. So hopefully, hopefully next year we get that Jedi Fallen Order. But I'm not holding my breath. But so that's just go one back example. To the days like where Namco had the Star Wars license and they made a game where. Uh, the first boss is Darth Vader, but then you hit him a couple times and he turns into a scorpion. Wait, <laughs> I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. What? <laughs> yeah. At least yeah, they gave us really a game. That was the Famicom. That, that uh, was the Wars, Famicom. Yeah. It was only in Japan. So, that was the Phantom Menace. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 it sounds like a bad Dungeon and Dragons. It was the special special. special edition. Edition. Yeah. Oh, that's something. That's something. I mean, I mean, Darth Maul. I saw my original one Yeah, yeah. That Batman Returns game is good. I didn't write that down. Good poll. Yeah. Yeah. The beat em up, right? Yeah, the side There's a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yes, I did play that one. It was very good. And then there was then there was the Batman Forever game with Super Nintendo, which is a very odd duck. But uh, oh, I, I might, we might be heading at what, what was the next game? It's I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Oh no, no. Um, I have here. I mentioned this earlier beforehand. There's an amazing Spider-Man game that came out in 1990 for computer systems. Um, Spider-Man moves around very clumsily and. Uh, the notable thing about that is that his health bar is a giant figure of himself that takes up about a quarter of the screen. <laughs> and uh, as you get hit, you slowly turn into a skeleton. Uh, so it's a little gruesome for <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man's losing weight. Uh, honestly, <laughs> like, and, and there's a couple of Captain America games that come out after this. There's one for the Nintendo, which is a... Is perfectly cromulent platformer. Is that Captain America and the Avengers? Yes. Yes, I play played that. On the yeah. Super, yeah, and, uh, and Vision and... Iron Man. Well, there's that for the arcade. The NES. Okay, is a, is and a which platformer. is also on the Super Nintendo. Uh huh. Which was, um, I remember me and my brother uh, tried to play through that Super Nintendo game, and it was very challenging. We yeah. never uh, were able to were able to beat that game together. Uh, but the the NES game is is a completely different story. But the uh, the sound samples for the arcade is pretty great. America still <laughs> needs your help. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> wasp. Yeah, it's um, uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> It was almost, almost <laughs> Mr. Bill. No, except it's Captain America. Mr. Steve. No! <laughs> Wasp! The <laughs> Avengers! Um, but th honestly, like, up until that point, like, I've always thought of, I don't know how you guys felt when you were kids, if you felt this way, 
But seeing how Marvel's video games were versus DC's video games and seeing how Marvel's uh, non-existent movies were with DC's actual movies. And uh, I remember my dad rented the Captain America movie for me when I was a kid. The oh, yeah. One. Matt Salinger. That's right. I know that. That's right. My dad that rented movie. that for me. And my dad felt I was bad. So I was like, confused what is this? For like a second yeah. because I was just jumping to the, the more recent 2011. No. And I'm like, when oh, re- he rented it for you. That's really cute. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And he saw it was PG-13. He's like, well, I don't know if you should watch this. Um, wow. But, uh, That's just good parenting. Yeah, it is. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But uh, well, and I remember too, like you know, the DC cartoon, the the DC based cartoons were so much better than the Marvel ones, and I knew it then. Mm. And that always, like, in my mind, I always thought of Marvel as the cheap version of superheroes, and DC was like the good ones. Well, it's <laughs> but I don't know how you if you guys when you got the standard of like the Batman animated series. I mean, I was I Batman was a big fan of the 1994 Sp- Superman, the 94 yeah. Spider Man series. Um, you yeah. know, I, I I watched that one a lot. That was a big part of the, my introduction to the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and there w- and there was a Super Nintendo game based directly on that animated series, which was mm-hmm. kind of kind of weird to play. It was I, I wasn't a great game. Uh, but it was w- one of the slew of kind of beat 'em up uh, platformers that were released uh, for the yeah. Super Nintendo in the mid '90s, uh, along with like Maximum Carnage and Separation Anxiety. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for yeah, so me personally, yeah, there was, but there was a lot of like you know the Fantastic Four, Hulk, Iron Man, a lot of those kind of more subpar animated shows yeah. that obviously. Have, have you seen Superman, uh, Spider-Man lately? The old Spider-Man cartoon. Um, yeah, I believe I've, I've oh, yeah. seen bits and pieces here and there. It is not good. It has not aged very well at all. It's, uh, the I animation mean, it's... is very choppy, especially when you compare it to how good the Batman show was at the time. Obviously, it, do, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't like, hold up to that, but close. it's, I don't know, it, it, it's, I thought it was a pretty good adaptation of uh, kind of the source material, but it, yeah, it kind of had like kind of a weird, it was cheaper animation. Yeah. It did kind of mm-hmm. integrate some like early 3D renderings along with the 2D animation, yeah. which yeah. is kind of weird, but I It's don't also know. very chaotic. Like it just goes from plot point to plot point to plot point. To plot point to plot. Like they can't let a moment breathe. Like you're just yeah. like, ah, slow down. Stop flashing colors in front of me. Oh, I um, didn't feel that way. But I also love Speed Racer and you That's true. It. So maybe I we just feel like differently Fierce about colors. Reason. No color, <laughs> black and white only. All right. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, and what we got next? Uh, okay, Nate, so Nate's. anyway, screed over. Um, <laughs> I, my final one that I had listed. Um, what year? You guys, what year are we hit? This is 1992. Here. Okay. Um, you guys might have other ones around that time period. Um, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> so young. Gracious. 92 kid here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Am I the oldest one here? Well, no, we were ninety. No, I'm older than you, Nate. I'm, I was oh, okay, yeah, yeah, here too. Oh, okay, oh, you were born in May '87, so you are yeah. one month older than me. There you go. Here we yeah. are. I'm an '80s. That's baby. why I'm in the high chair, <laughs> mother. Hey, hey, blah 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 blah. He's in a high chair, mother. Now you got to put a beep in there. We've never had to do that for Seth before. Talk about your game, Nate. Oh, X Men. It is an arcade game that came out in 1992, and it is excellent. I normally, um, honestly, I don't really care for beat-em-ups that much, especially when I'm in an arcade. When I'm in an arcade um, and I have the in- the income and resources of an adult who can just afford to play until the end, I find beat-em-ups very boring. Um, they get dull very quickly. 
Um, especially when you're in an arcade setting and you can see all the other games that you could be playing. Instead, you're beating the, beating up the same bad guy over and over and unless over you, again. Unless you get one of those special cases of, of like a Turtles in Time where it just it just grabs oh, you. Oh, Turtles doesn't in Time like, is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. But, but That's it's, it's a common time. thing with beat em yeah. yeah, but sometimes there's, there's beat-em-ups that shine through. But, but there was something yeah. special about Konami and beat 'em ups in the early 90s. Well, you those know, were also yeah. a dime a dozen back then. They were. Like Streets of Rage really took off. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just trying to make their own you know, beat 'em up that right. side scroller beat 'em yeah, up. It was a big genre at the time. Yeah, it, it was. Mm-hmm. It was and and was, there were very few people who could really make it feel fun and satisfying. Konami was one of those people and I think Sega was the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Streets of Rage, like you said. I well, love Capcom I had love a bunch Street. of I, oh, did, Yeah, well Capcom, Capcom? I, I believe Capcom did the uh, Oh Final Fight. Yeah. Final yeah. Fight. And Fatal also Fury? the Dungeon and Dragons one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Those were really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That makes me smile <laughs> thinking about that. I, I love those, <laughs> those, those two games. games. Yeah. Um, but X-Men for but the arcade. X-Men is so good. And I actually had the opportunity to see one of these machines. Um, there were two different versions of the X-Men machine. One of them was just one monitor. But there was a deluxe version with six players. So six joysticks. I believe the McKinley Mall in Blaisdell, did, New did York it have had one? that. I believe it oh, had a six player. player. If the uh, the Eastview Mall in Victor, New York, only had the the uh, the two player single monitor one. Mm. But Seth, what was the name of that arcade? Boardwalk in McKinley Mall. What was? Because I, I used to go to it all the, the time. Arcade. I used. Uh, I, I remember Josiah is it was right, his it was head right across from like the the pretzel. I remember it always smelled yeah, like like a like a it was across cin- from like cinnamon, cinnamon raisin toast and stuff. Well, no, the restaurant the right across from it was Garfield's. I used to go there all the time with my parents and my brother for dinner, and then we would go right to the arcade oh, okay. on Saturday nights. Oh, I, didn't, I don't recall what the restaurant was, but yeah, the, the yeah. deluxe version had the two monitors yes. side by side, mm-hmm. which in those days was the only way you could really do real widescreen because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how young this listenership is, but um, TVs used to be huge <laughs> and take up a lot of space. Um, so it was a big deal to have the two big Dep- monitors. Depth-wise, not Depth just talking wise. about the frame of the yeah. image. Yeah. Um, so it was a big deal to have two of those big suckers. And I, this, Someone had mentioned this to me the other day. I never noticed playing it, but one of them, uh, because of the girth of these monitors... Yeah, one was there, and the other one was actually underneath it, reflected upwards by a mirror. Really mm-hmm. interesting. Because that's oh. how you, that's the only way you could do it to uh, to uh, get those suckers side by side. But but there is something very satisfying about the X Men arcade game, pummeling into all those robots and Sentinels yeah. and stuff. People are snickering, <laughs> and I don't know why. Uh, what? Girth. It was really hard because uh-huh. I knew Bob Luck was uh-huh. going to find girth funny, and then uh-huh. Tom was giggling. Great. I played Tom. I played side by side. Girth. Paragraph. 90 kids are immature over here. <laughs> Just wait till uh, you get a little older. Are funny. <laughs> they just the grizzled veteran of the group. <laughs> you guys. Ooh, boy. <laughs> But those games are great. Uh, there's also great vo- vocal samples in that as well. There is, of course, the... Of course, the Colossus. The Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's that. And, uh, it sounds like a Dragon Ball Z character. It power is. It's very much so. I'll bet it might have been some of the same voice actors because, as we all know in Japan, if they needed someone to speak English, what they did, especially in the 80s and 90s, is they would just find, like, hey, I know a guy who's Canadian... Let's get him to do it, and it's a non-actor <laughs> doing these roles. <laughs> so you have things like Magneto, scr- like screaming, 
welcome to die. <laughs> or, uh, gosh, uh, what are some of the other voice? you remember some of the other voice clips? All I remember is that and Colossus. Uh, those are the, uh, yeah. There's some I feel other bad choice ones. Because those are just the two big ones. But, but, but please go on YouTube and just like look up a compilation of these vocal samples because they are uh, they're rich. A rich tapestry. Rich <laughs> of, in spirit. Of, uh, <laughs> of video game voice acting. Uh, but yeah, uh, one more Colossus, yo. <gasps> no! Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. It's fun, uh, but that's kind of uh, where I left off. So that's that's the Nate portion of the show. I think, uh, if you will, we're moving into the Seth portion of the show, kind of bridging the gap here for us a little bit. Um, it's some really good insight, and uh, I can't wait to like listen back to this episode. I feel like <laughs> this is going to be just as exciting as sitting here the first time. I hope so. <laughs> Me too. So we fast forward. To 1994, the Adventures of Batman and Robin, Cap Americanski Speak, himself. Well, speaking of yeah, speaking of the animated series, you had the Adventures of Batman and Robin, based based on that animated show, and you had uh, two distinct versions: one on Genesis and one on Super Nintendo. The Genesis version was a little more platformy, shooty, in in, in the form of uh, excuse me if there's uh, any noise in the background. We're moving the mic. Uh, in the terms of shooting bat, uh, batarangs around and kind of dodging things, it's more of a more of like a twitch gameplay, fast-paced kind of a thing, uh, with its own kind of Genesis-y soundtrack. But then the Super Nintendo version was was the version I played and the version I personally prefer. That's more of a of a of a platformer. It's got I I feel like it has better atmosphere. Uh, you know, you'd have dev- you have e- each level has a an opening title card just like uh, you know, an illustrated title card just like the uh, animated series did. And uh, you know, it's 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 a bit beat 'em up, it's a bit platforming, it's a bit kind of like uh, you know, you have to use your head now and again to figure out kind of how to beat certain obstacles or certain bosses. And uh, it's just a really good one from the from the mid 90s that I fondly recall. Uh, l- like I said earlier, much better than the uh, you know, your Batman Forever's, which was I don't know if you guys have any uh, experience with this game, but uh, it was uh, I believe Acclaim, it plays. I actually, it plays and looks kind of like Mortal Kombat in the way that it uses photographed actors and it has the button layout of a Mortal Kombat game. And it's it's weird because it's like, you know, it's 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 got like, you know, photographed like dumpier versions of like Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell in the in these suits <laughs> going around. And uh, and it's just, you know, it's very kind of bizarre gameplay i remember every time i would like rent it i would have to like relearn like how you're supposed to get around because the controls and the traversal is really cumbersome and like confusing and it's it's really difficult to work out how to do simple things like you know like going up a different level or something like that so it's it's not a good one but it is uh, it's interesting i believe it uses um the same control scheme as like mortal Kombat. I, yeah. I think it just uses that, right? No, no, it does. Yeah, it has like you know, low punch, high punch, low kick, high kick, lot, and you use up to you know, press up to jump. We so so in the sense it's like a more a Mortal Kombat mythology Sub Zero, you know, a Mortal Kombat game that's a platformer. Oh so god! It's, uh, <laughs> so mix mixed Ugh. success, but not even made by you know the the original you know like Ed Boon John Tobias team. It's just some other. So that yeah, 
th- that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> what do we, what? So what I want to say about that is I like Batman the animated series. Anyway, yeah. uh, oh oh, in terms of uh, mid, what what's next? Is it like uh, late nineties or we we jump to nineteen ninety eight? Time okay. jump here because yeah, because I know we we mentioned some of the <coughs> the, the Spider Man platformer beat 'em ups uh, from the mid nineties that were interesting, and uh, there was also Spider Man versus the Kingpin. On Genesis and Sega CD, uh, the Sega CD version had uh, animated FMV cutscenes as well as alternate endings, including an ending where not only can uh, Mary Jane get killed by being dissolved in a vat of acid by the Kingpin, but so what can the hell? The, there's an ending where Sp- you see Brutal. Spider-Man and Mary Jane dropped into a vat of acid. And you they're just like, brutally killed. And that's how the the way he ends. says it is so matter-of-factly, it's great. <laughs> it's, 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 hey, Jeez. And, uh, but it was also a, a good Spider-Man game that played very well. And uh, what do you got, Nate? Well, I was going to say that I, I think a lot of the other games that came out in the mid-'90s were like in the late very late 70s and the 80s people are trying all sorts of different things that that don't really quite work i think by the time you hit the early the very late 80s and the early 90s people are finding out okay this is what we can do with superhero stuff so a lot of i mean there's a ton of superhero content that comes out in this time but um a lot of it isn't quite as noteworthy until we get to perhaps the late 90s as we are about to do well so if you really want to look up Web of Fire on the Sega 32X, or don't because you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or don't. Fine. And um and a ra- and a random one that popped into my head was Justice League Task Force, a DC fighting game that was very oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. It was it was based on like the um, Death and Return of Superman, the, the mullet mm-hmm. Superman. Oh gosh. Darkseid yeah. was the main villain. Uh, you could play as Steel. So yeah. fulfill your Sha- Shaquille O'Neal fantasies in Justice League Task Force for the Super Nintendo, but uh, well. That's it. The, the 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 superhero fighting games uh, took an upward trajectory after that. Right. Uh, Pop, can you t- talk? S- yeah, because in '98 is your very first Marvel versus Capcom game that releases, at least in arcades. Um, was didn't was that Marvel superheroes? Yeah, it well, it was Marvel vs. Capcom Clash of Superheroes. Oh, so um, Marvel Marvel superheroes, I I played, but that was before yeah. these, I think. Because in 1997, you had Marvel superheroes vs. Street Fighter. That yeah, was str- okay, that right. was strictly arcades. So I don't think that ever got to home consoles. Um, because the, the, uh, the sorry, the Playhouse in Rochester is an arcade has an X Men versus Street Fighter. Right, and that was play. another one that predated even Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, that was originally in arcades in 1998. It only got to home consoles in 1999 with a original PlayStation and Dreamcast port. Um, I mean, you got to realize this is long before online play is something on home console. So for like the fighting community, which even to this date um, is more uh, is more focused on a local play for its competitions. It, you know, this is arcades is where it's at for the fight for the competitive fighting community. There is no online to speak of. Um, so you're still seeing a lot of arcade exclusive games come out or arcade first and then ports later. Uh, first Marvel versus Capcom is uh, it's one of the most important games in the fighting genre in my opinion had the two on two battles you had only 15 characters but this was this was like Super Smash Brothers before Super Smash Brothers two wildly different properties meeting you had Street Fighter characters going up against X-Men characters you had Avengers guys um, going up against uh, who you had at that time if I'm not mistaken you would have had characters like Morrigan from other mm. Capcom games. Darkstalkers, right? Yeah, I believe, yeah. Mm. So it's just, like I said, it's Super Smash Brothers for Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. yeah. 
Mega Man, yeah, you had Mega Man. Yeah. You know, well, I, thought he, wait, I thought he came in two. Well, you had Mega Man characters in oh, okay. the in the original. St- in the <laughs> Nate throwing his hands up in dismay. But it's, it's you know Mega Man characters fighting you know Captain America. It's something you probably never would have thought you'd see back then. Yeah. But it worked. Enemy was a great fighter, and it started a um, a series then that would go on even to 2017, which is where you had your uh, fourth. Marvel versus Capcom game. I, I believe it's still played prominently in tournaments, is it not? Probably, yeah. yeah. I, I'd have to imagine, yeah. um, because then only a year later is Marvel versus Capcom two, New Age of Heroes. Gonna take you for a ride, am I right? Yeah, and and <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I I said before you had only fifteen characters in the first Marvel versus Capcom. Marvel versus Capcom two, you had fifty six. You jumped yeah. all the way from 15 to yeah, 56. They really it out in this game, um, yeah. That was also the one that introduced the three-on-three battles. Yeah, so you right. pick three characters and you can swap in and out in in between battles. Um, that's still to this day one of my favorite fighters of all time. Just the sheer amount of options you had and how expanded the rosters were. It it um, it's you know Venom taking on Jill Valentine. It's just mm-hmm. such a fun concept. Mm-hmm. And how many you had back then. Uh, that one was also arcades, Dreamcast. Uh, didn't even hit the original PlayStation, if I'm not mistaken. Was it PS2? Yes, yeah. uh, but that was years later, uh, not until 2002, PS2 and Xbox. And yeah. then eventually uh, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 in 2009. Digital uh, re Yeah, Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. Yep. And uh, Mar- the original uh, Mar- Marvel superheroes was uh, re-released uh, to the to those networks as Marvel versus Capcom Origins. Right. Yeah. So that was another. Yeah, the, just those those all those Marvel and uh, those early Capcom uh, fighting games were such a fantastic. And run. you yeah. can really kind of point to them as probably the like the start of the really really high quality fighting games because even though Mortal Kombat obviously had an indelible impact on the genre. Um, the depth of the fighting mechanics in Marvel, in Marvel versus Capcom games, I would say, blew Mortal Kombat games out of the water. What about compared to Street Fighter, though? Street Fighter, Street Fighter. Yes, um, at least, well, Street Fighter, remember, that's only one-on-one. This is, you know, like yeah. with the tag battle right, options right, in there. Right, and this right, right. obviously influences Super Smash Brothers in years to come. This influences games like Tatsunoko versus Capcom yes, years later. Yeah. Um, Blaze Blue, mm-hmm. which recently had a tag fighter mm-hmm. released this year. Um so huge huge impact on the genre and like yeah, you know they're still sure. played to this day like nate pointed out yeah absolutely you got a classic and that's in 1998 um yeah we got we got stew going <laughs> with all these fine games and what do we got next pops sure. well i mean if you're talking about Joe. capcom you gotta jump way ahead i am assuming we're gonna wanna oh no 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 well, no 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 we jump over too many things for exactly yeah Jump into t- <laughs> jump into 2000, the year 2000. All right, Spider-Man yeah. by Neversoft. Yes. Yeah, so uh, actually, stay tuned to the Geekiverse YouTube channel because there is a new episode of PS Tracks in the works right now about this very game, uh, where I go more in depth about it. But basically, th- this game was a big deal for me. Uh, y- you know, when I first played played it on a PlayStation Underground demo disc. Uh, and it's it's one of the one of the earlier games that I ca- became really like fixed on and really anticipated, uh, and it's just uh, it, it's a game that d- instead of kind of suiting a superhero property to an existing kind of gameplay style, it cu- I feel like it suited the gameplay style to the property. And you have 
you know, it's kind of like a platformer beat 'em up, but it, it you know, it utilizes like the webs and the in the kind of the, the style of Spider-Man combat, along with you know a rotating series of different set pieces. There are levels that play you know differently from the next. That all depending on what kind of obstacles and what kind of villains you're facing. Uh, it was like part. It was kind of like an amalgamation of different Spider-Man properties at the time, uh, like the animated series. There's like voice actors from like the animated series and like Spider-Man Unlimited and different things. Uh, but it it, f- it felt like it fit in with the the '94 animated series, and it was just you know use the, use the Tony Hawk Pro, Dis- Pro Skater engine, and just you know brought brought in a voice cast, brought brought in a, a a great story, this big villain blowout, and uh, you know it, obviously I I I feel like the the you know the modern day your Insomniac 2018 Spider-Man game is like a pr- a proper modern successor to that a game that just like y- everything that you you love about Spider-Man and everything that can be kind of realized in a video game in a, in a fun way that's true to the character is realized here it's like e- even though uh, there's there's later games that uh, brought really important things to, to Spider-Man and gaming I feel like this original Neversoft game was kind of just the full package it was it was the finest Spider-Man video game product uh, for a number of years uh, it also had a, it had a good sequel called Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro uh, which was only for PlayStation. The original was uh, ported to like a uh, Dreamcast and PC and Nintendo 64. But uh, what year was that? The first Spider-Man the first by NumberSoft. Two thousand. So was this even? Was this before or after the first Sam Raimi movie? It was two before. years before. Two years before. Okay. This was more comic based. Oh, I thought you said. I'm sorry. I thought you said 2002 for a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was very much comic book based. Um, early, early concepts actually had like some Todd McFarlane type uh, uh, comic book designs for it. But yeah, it was. It was uh, uh, largely based on like the yeah the mid '90s uh, kind of comics, but but it overall it incorporated kind of some stuff from some different eras. It felt fr- like a really good amalgamation. Would you say? Because um, it seems to me that that's often sort of regarded as the first good Spider-Man game. There's a lot of fits and starts in the 16-bit era and earlier with Maximum Carnage and Separation Anxiety. Do you feel that way about it? That this is the first one that really gets Spider-Man and. Um. I that would probably be true. <laughs> I personally had a hard time getting into some of those uh, mid '90s beat 'em ups that you just mentioned. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there. I think there are a lot of people would say those games are at least good. I, I think the Spider-Man NeverSoft game is great, uh, and so I think it is an important milestone in superhero video game history in terms of uh, just the quality of the overall package the amount of like extras and unlockables and just the way it encapsulates the property and again adapts the the game to suit the character as opposed to making the character suit a certain gameplay style uh, so i think it was just a, a full uh, just such a wonderful realized uh, you know there's there was nothing before it in terms of it was playing spider-man like you could never experience before it really felt like something new and fresh and that sounds a lot like and i know you mentioned kind of the correlation but with 2018's insomniac spider-man yeah they built the game around spider-man like you said as opposed to around a narrative like a movie tie-in yeah absolutely and it uh and you know the the insomniac game takes you know a lot of a lot of the best ideas from different like superhero games and open world games and kind of you know can distills them into this uh into this incredible product but yeah i would say like uh yeah, Insomniac's game stands up there with with the original NeverSoft game as just you know a shining example of just uh, how to adapt a, a character like this right. But uh, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. But what do we so what do we have? That next was two thousand. You well, said. Well, I guess well, I'm just gonna keep I mean, talking because the next thing is the in two thousand two. 
Yeah, there's right. a. Then, okay, at this point, <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate just passed out because <laughs> his recollection of anything anything after this time is is completely gone. So, uh, well, there was also it gone. It's just bad. Uh, yeah, there is a there is a <laughs> there is a spree of 3D Spider-Man games that are kind well, of every. Eh. Yeah, well, the, I mean. Every uh, movie, every single Spider-Man movie, except for Spider-Man: Homecoming, had a movie adaptation, and the first one—I'm not—I didn't skip ahead, right? The Spider-Man, uh, the Sam Raimi, the 2002 movie—that's the next one, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so in 2002, uh, Sam Raimi's first, the Sam Raimi movies, I uh, I hold uh, very near and dear to my heart, and the um, the f- I love the first movie, and the first game had uh, had a good tie-in. Uh, it kind of played in a way that was reminiscent of the Neversoft game. You had uh, just individual levels. It was linear gameplay. You had Spider-Man, sw- you know, swinging off the clouds. It was before the kind of like dynamic modern web swinging that we that we had with the uh, its sequel. But you know, you you had kind of like spotty voice acting from the actors themselves, and you had uh, an adventure that fa- you know it, it's kind of a, a, a lost thing. You know, we don't really have movie tie-in games as much anymore because so many of them were so bad for so long. You, you had some standouts here and there, and uh, I really enjoy, I really did enjoy this, the 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 Spider-Man game. It was uh, developed by Treyarch, and uh, you know you played through the events of the movie. You had some additional villains thrown in there, like Shocker and Vulture. You had some cool battles in there, uh, it, and uh, one of the more notable things about the 2002 game for me was that you could unlock an entire second quest. You play through the game a, a, a second time as the Green Goblin. You like all of the goblins' abilities. You can uh, play through. It's like, yeah, that's fascinating. I wish I captured Nate's face because that would have been a meme for me. Like, just (laughs) you said what? I made (laughs) Nate be interested about something from the mid two thousands. How about that? No, that's just crazy. The idea that you could play as Green Goblin, you could play as a bad guy. Like, that's amazing. I, you know, I love that kind of a thing, and uh, it was it was a really impressive effort because. You everything the Green Goblin can do, you could you could you know ride on the glider. You had the missiles, machine guns. You could get off the glider. You could run around. You could do melee. You had like all the and there was even like a light storyline worked into it. Like you, you know, you play through all the same levels as in the the main game that you played through as Spider Man. But there's a different voiceover where it says uh, that it's like Harry Osborn, like oh I can't believe what my dad did, but now I can undo his mis. It's just like a light, you know, just something to have in there. But it's like it's actually kind of a new story. They recorded a little bit of new voiceover for of Harry Osborn becoming a new Green Goblin, uh, a, a benevolent Green Goblin. But it was just really impressive how you could, you know, really do everything that the Goblin could uh, in the game and in the movie in the second mm-hmm. quest. And uh, um, yeah, I remember being bummed that in the Spider-Man 2 video game you couldn't play as Dr. Octopus. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> Spider-Man villain. Can you imagine? But, uh, but there's so much good to say about uh, that. It was Would that be the next one, is Spider-Man 2? Yeah, uh, yes. Uh, so 2004, Spider-Man yeah, 2, as which as was originally, I would say, looked at as a really good game. Yes, absolutely. Overall, that, that was a like very was well big received. deal. Spider-Man Two, you know, I personally still think it's one of the best superhero movies ever made, and uh, and Nate likes that opinion of mine. I do. And <laughs> the game has uh, is uh, there's a little bit of role, you know, y- you re- you recollect that game nowadays, and it's always the standard, of course, when it comes to Spider-Man web swinging in video games, because you know everyone was looking to the Insomniac game to because because g- no game after Spider-Man Two had captured the physics-based, <coughs> almost simulation style of the swing because you could swing in- independently from either your left hand or your right hand. You mm-hmm. would you know web you web onto buildings as opposed to the sky, and you would follow through kind of like a realistic physics arc. And the the better you got at it, the better you able to. And it really felt like you were. 
you know, you felt like Spider-Man, uh, and it was uh, a really incredible thing. Uh, there it was, was like the first open world. It was a yeah, superhero it was, game. It was yeah, it was open world as well, and uh, you know, th- th- looking back, there's not everything about the game holds up very well. A lot of the combat and story is kind of like clunky. There there are some cool things about it, like uh, some of the villains they implement. The way Mysterio implemented was uh, particularly good. He was like a very like B movie sci fi themed character that he he staged like these fake alien invasions at the Statue of Liberty and stuff. And then, of course, the climactic encounter with Mysterio is when you run across him in a gas station. You run up to him. It says, like, press square to attack. And, you know, y- you think you're going to go into this big, you know, battle thing. But you go into a cutscene of Spider-Man just punching the fishbowl off his head. And it just <laughs> shatters on the ground. And that's it. And uh, <laughs> so it had a good sense of humor about it. Again, I had voice actors. For, oh, also, uh, besides the voice actors from the movie, Bruce Campbell voiced the tutorials in all of these games. So he kind of like sasses you through, the, through through that and everything. And for you know, I I, I yeah had seen the Evil Dead movies before seeing uh, Spider Man. So any Bruce Campbell anything is always a great treat for me. It's fascinating to hear because it sounds like they're really putting a lot of love and care into these Spider Man games. They're really trying to incorporate a lot of uh, extra things for fan, not just for fans, but just for fun. Just because it's fun to have them there, um, which I think, I, I mean, I don't know as you, as you go on later especially with Marvel, there seems to be an aversion to these fully fleshed out games as such. Um, I would say like Marvel a, a in lot, general. A lot of, like a lot of mobile stuff these days. But but this is really, like this is like, ball, like all out. You know? Yeah, in terms of like, you know, movie tie-in games, these are uh, finer examples of how you can uh, you know, take better utilization of the license, and you know, at, the, at around this time, like you know, a few years before, you had stuff like uh, X Men Mutant Academy, these like you know, okay fighting games coming out around the same time that the 2000 Brian Singer X Men movie was coming out. Uh, so, and there, there was also a Daredevil tie-in game at the time that was uh, ended up being canceled. But uh, yeah, the Spider Man games, and they they kind of went downhill a bit after that. Uh, the Spider-Man 3 game was definitely not as admirable of an effort as uh, Spider-Man 2 was, despite the fact that Spider-Man 3 is such an unequivocal masterpiece. <laughs> but why is everybody it. laughing at me? Everyone was holding their breath. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> there, there are so many worse movies out there. Spider-Man 3 is not that bad. Yes, I don't it think is. it's that bad either. Thank you, Nate Listen. Lockhart. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm with, I don't think it's that bad. Like, cut the crap. So here's the thing. <laughs> I re- like it, when people like I first found out like that people hated that movie I was not it wasn't my favorite movie of all time but I was surprised I was like really I didn't yeah. think it was that bad like I I enjoyed it it's there's good stuff and there's bad stuff it is a it is a movie that yeah that is you know it, it's 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 pretty it's weakest of that trilogy but it's there there's good stuff about it too uh the, the game was not uh, as good of an effort though I did play that game on yeah, 360 it would have been? I did too, actually. Believe it or not, I had a 360 before I had a PS3. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> that's, what? Wh- that's why I'm so bitter and angry today. <laughs> it makes so much sense. <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed it. I, it was an okay movie tie-in. You know, it, it is what it is. But I, I played a good deal of that one. Because it was right near the launch, too-ish. Maybe a year 2006. after? 2006. No, it was the year that a PS3 and Wii came out. Okay. So gotcha, right. gotcha. Uh, the PS3 version had um, a special uh, content where you can play as Harry Osborn as New Goblin on his little surfboard going. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a snowboard kind of a glider, but yeah, brings back good memories of cool borders. <laughs> <Gotta love it. laughs> Man, I played the heck out of that. 
Um, I don't have this game. Are you done with that one? Yeah. Okay. Oh no. The the other thing. Look up. Look. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 has a lot of entertainingly bad bits. Uh, Are we talking about the movie movie or the game? Like, where? The game. The movie has no bad bits. (laughs) There's at least one Oh, yeah, really? You're trash, Pop. (laughs) Tom, can you enact the bad bit for us? Um, I believe it involves... um, No, don't just tell us. Act it. He's going to narrate for home. You guys can't see me walking down the street with a a cocky attitude. I can see it. Okay, okay. That's the scene. I no, no, he's people, got black hairspray. Does does or does not Spider-Man in the Insomniac game have finger gun abilities when he's walking by? Okay, <laughs> it's That's making fun reason. of it. Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I wasn't gonna bring it up, but you can reenact that scene in the new Spider-Man game. Yeah, it is what but it is. The, the Spider-Man three game had you know Just like Spider-Man three. It's not perfect. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Spider-Man three game has a lot of quick time events. Uh, you know, it was still when, when that was a big in vogue thing. And look up some of the there's <laughs> there, there's just some hilariously bad, weird, awkward segments where you know, like where you got to save this woman from this burning building. And if you screw up the first quick time event, there's just Spider-Man flying forward, splatting on the ground, and this weird, awkwardly animated woman with bug eyes. And she goes, "I'm gonna die!" And, <laughs> and it's game over. Look it up; it's very funny. There's nothing quite like like bad mid 2000s video game stuff <laughs> like in a way that like bad movies can never quite attain because there's this weird like the soulless soullessness yes of, uh, yeah, there's yeah. a weird soullessness and like uh, uh um the, the timing is wrong like <laughs> things last for too long expressions last for too long it's crazy yeah i, I can't wait to see this <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm excited and, uh, about that too what do we, yeah that's it for that I, uh, I didn't have this game on the list. I just added it because I just remembered it. Um, so it came after Spider-Man 2. In 2005, there was a game called Marvel Nemesis, Rise of the Imperfects. Oh, yeah. I remember that was like a bit touted at the time, being like, uh, you know, this this new kind of utilization of the property, these new characters, the Imperfects, Johnny Ohm and all these guys. What are they going on? How did it work out, Josiah? I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't critically received very well, but I remember uh, – so – Puffle, no. John Anstett and I played the heck out of this game. Yes. Mate, we went to high school with. It's uh, it's, it had a story mode, but like that's a loose kind of definition. <laughs> it was it was more fighter than anything. Uh, certain playable characters included uh, Daredevil, Elektra, Human Torch, Iron Man, Magneto, Spider Man, Storm, The Thing, Venom, Wolverine. Um, what's funny because we were talking about licensing earlier, is that this was a partnership with Electronic Arts. Uh, formed in 2004, that ended after this game. Shortly after, in 2006. <laughs> w- was this game a top-down game? No, it was a fighting. Okay, because there was a different X-Men game that was like a top-down. Oh, X-Men like Legends. Yes. Yeah, yeah, any like X-Men a... for the NES in 1988? No, 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 no. not that one. <laughs> too far. Too far. <laughs> X-Men Legends, and then you also had X-Men Legends 2: Rise of Apocalypse. Okay, yeah. that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think so. Which those eventually are, those are good games. Yeah. Right, which eventually led to Marvel Ultimate Alliance Correct, in 2006, yeah. which that's was right. a very good game. Yep, yep. The team-based top-down action RPGs. But Marvel Nemesis. So this had a really <laughs> a bad all Metacritic right, right. score. It was 53. Ooh. <laughs> which, you know, for video games, that's very, very bad. But uh, it, it was a fun blend of characters. Captain America was in the game. You couldn't play as him, but he was there. Punisher was there. Hulk was there. You couldn't play as them either. What the heck? Um, there was also a PSP version of this game, but it was Xbox, uh, original Xbox, excuse me, uh, PS2, PSP, Nintendo DS, and GameCube. 
and I don't know if it was just like one of those games where I was just like, oh, superheroes, this is a lot of fun, and I just enjoyed it. But uh, I, ha- I had good memories of it. It's it's funny to look back and actually see because at that time I wasn't looking at websites for review scores and and all that good stuff. Yeah. Now I live and die by it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of what we do with the Geekiverse. We, what kind of score is it getting? What uh, what did IGN give it? What did Game Informer give it? And and yeah, it didn't do very well. So I'm glad I kind of didn't wasn't soured by those those numbers. But had fun with it. It was a decent fighter. Like some of the critiques from it. Once you so you could kind of build up your power bar really quick with combinations. Once you had so many, like you were automatically guaranteed to take down an opponent. So it was really easy to take down even on higher challenge levels your your enemies. So as a multiplayer game, so John, our friend and I played this against each other all the time. It was more balanced. However, because it was mostly and this was really before online gaming really, really took off, even though Halo was before this. Uh Maybe it was a little bit ahead of its time. I wish it might have come out middle of the Xbox 360 PS3 um, timeline, I guess, because that may have boded well for the game. But I think it's kind of funny reading back that this was a crossover with Marvel and Electronic Arts because here we are talking about that with uh, how it's not working out with Star Wars. Mm. But I did want to throw that one in there before we moved on. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we, sh- we should take a break here kind of regroup. Uh, before we jump into the later portion of the show. But one thing I do want to mention before uh, we take that break, uh, a wonderful, wonderful partner of ours, Fantastic Shirts, uh, owned by Del Reed at 26 Shirts. Uh, they do a lot of good charity work in the area in Western New York. You can go to fantastic.com. That's F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C.com. They sell geek-themed shirts, a new one every week. Uh, we, we've purchased numerous shirts uh, over the last year of being a partner with them, so we're excited on coming up on that anniversary here. But uh, proceeds go to a family need or a charity uh, for a given topic. So what you got to do is go to fantastic.com, or excuse me, 26shirts.com slash fantastic. Uh, you'll see the featured shirt. It's only available for one week. Uh, it will list where those proceeds are going to go. If you like the design, pick it up. Uh, additionally, if you use code GEEK10, that's G-E-E-K-T-E-N, 10% off of your order. And it does not take out uh, the portion of what goes to that charity or family. So uh, we'd encourage you to go there, check them out. They're wonderful people, and they they do shirts for a great cause. And we're proud to be their partners. Uh, but when we come back... We'll look into the later, uh, mid to later 2000s, including the Lego games, Telltale games, and Pavlok's uh, fighters that he's got listed on the list here. And we'll jump into some of the uh, bigger single-player games, such as the Arkham games and the recent Insomniac Spider-Man game. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. What's up, geeks? Just want to remind you of our fantastic YouTube channel. Next time you go to the Geekiverse on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to search or hunt or find or look for anything that is our great content. Then it'll go right into your YouTube feed and then boom, you know what's happening when it comes to the Geekiverse. Then share it with your friends. We want other people to join in and tell us if you don't like it. We don't care. We're just having fun. We want you to have fun with us. Be sure to subscribe, share, favorite, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, up, down, left, right. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So let's get to the show. Geekiverse YouTube, do it. Not for nothing, here's the thing. 
Welcome back to Geek Scott Game Fullcast. Here we are talking about the history of video games. We have made a pretty big dent so far. But superhero we're video games. Superhero video games. Oh, if you want to talk about the history of general <laughs> what am I? No! Oh no! <laughs> Somebody cut his mic. Okay, so where were we before we move into 2006's Marvel well, Ultimate Alliance? Well, we're in 2006. We're talking about. We were on the topic of masterpieces on Spider-Man Three, so I would be uh, it'd be a shame if I overlooked the Superman Returns tie-in video game. Oh no! That would it be a shame? Very interesting. Would because it really? If I remember that correctly, in that game, it's not Superman who has a life bar, but the city that does. Yes, which is a, one of the good ideas that that game had. A lot of other bad ones. But Innovative. Hey, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's talk about that. So yeah. what, what was that? So yeah, the Superman Returns tie-in game. It didn't really follow the plot of the movie. It had, like, the the voices and likenesses of Brandon Routh and Kevin Spacey and Kate Bosworth and everything, but uh, it really, the gameplay pretty much took place exclusively outside of the main storyline. But one of the things that the, the game kind of was onto something with was the fact that the uh, Superman didn't have a life bar, but the city did. The more the city got damaged, you know, it got to a certain point, then you failed. Uh, so that was actually a good idea. That if they ever do, you know, Rocksteady's making a Superman game, maybe that's they, they, that's one idea they could pick up on. They're hiring uh, for something. Yeah, they just they've announced. Been, they, they've, been on, they've been working on something. They're working for on something years, big. But we don't know what. Do you uh, th- real quick sidebar? Yeah, do you yeah. think that's a new IP, or do you think it's an established IP? It's so tough to say. There have been, I mean, just guessing. Over the year, I remember back after Arkham City came out. Not only was it rumored that they'd be doing a Superman game. There was also the rumors of a Silver Age Justice League game yes. and a and a big open world Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I thought Silver Age is where they were does going. Does make some sense because uh, you know same publisher WB they did just have the Turtles in Injustice Two. Uh, I don't know if, the, if those rumors are coming from anywhere legitimate, but you know personally, yeah. I mean, if Rocksteady is able to do justice to Superman the way they did justice to Batman, that would be great. But who knows? It could be for, uh, a different IP for all we know. I'm, I mean, it's. So it kind of hit me earlier today, and I, I tweeted out something. What if, just mm. what if, Yeah. maybe not, they're not working on a Superman game or mm. any aforementioned titles, but what if they were working on a Wonder Woman game? I mean, that would be incredible as well. I'm all for it. Raise How awesome that. would that combat be? Think about that. Yeah, because that would be more technical, like Batman's combat. Yes. Um, but it would still have superhuman abilities. It might have flight, like a Superman right? game would, uh, depending on the kind of incarnation of Wonder Woman you're going with. But... That would be that's a, good a idea. huge seller. And that's actually something I've never heard suggested before. It is just a hunch. It's a good call. But, uh, yeah, Superman Returns game, some good stuff. It, it mostly wasn't very good. Um, it was open world. The the flying in it was pretty satisfying. Uh, it had kind of a different just like a, a marathon assemblage of different villains and stuff. It was kind of cel-shaded because they, they couldn't really figure out how to make the open world work without having the it, like slowing the performance down too much i remember it had a bit of, it was delayed a lot um and when it came out it uh wasn't wasn't great but um so satisfying like spider-man 3 or it's it's not spider-man 3 good but it's not um <laughs> superman 78 bad i don't know what i'm saying i'm just trying to piss people Whoa! off <laughs> Nothing I'm saying. Don't listen to me. I'm an idiot. Let's do it. Oh, that's good. That's I believe good. what you're looking for is Speed Racer bad. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys need to take <laughs> this outside. My Colossus is coming out. You I almost, just, I almost just physically grabbed <laughs> Seth right there. 
But yeah, Super Mario. Let's move on to. Let's a, a move much, on to a, a less contested Please, let's topic, do. so yeah. we all can remain friends. That's a good idea, I think. Yeah. So, Mr. Pavlov, I think you want to jump into Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2006, a very popular yeah game in the Marvel one. franchise. Yeah, this isometric kind of dungeon crawler esque RPG, which. I believe would have been first of its kind, at least in superhero genre. It's something that you never would have thought you had seen. Like before then, that like, kind of game was more so associated with like Baldur's Gate, you know, the Neverwinter kind of games. But then you get this massive, massive roster of superheroes. Which uh, well, it did not, come off from the X Men Legends games, right? Yeah, um, I believe it had over like a hundred characters that you could choose from. I know you you, you made you, know, you had like a smaller it group, like you include like pallet swap. Right, Captain America had like U.S. Asian. Right, right, right. Like, like between yeah. all the different different skins and stuff like that but they at least got in all of the different you know marvel characters that you could possibly think 360 of 360 had the exclusive uh the eight dlc pack with the gold edition yeah they had like magneto and venom and like some really good uh dlc characters in the 360 version but just really an example of the superhero video game you know medium branching out into different genres now not necessarily going with the tried and true like fighting games or uh you know 2d platformers beat-em-ups right um definitely trying something different and it worked uh first Marvel yeah. Alden was great yeah that was a great one that's, that's interesting uh, you know I, I wouldn't have ever thought to take superheroes to quite those places I, I'm ha I'm glad to hear that it works and it makes me curious to check it out because I love uh some uh, isometric roguelike RPG stuff so very cool yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> and it did have a sequel, but that was three years later, so I'm not sure if we got anything in between we want to talk about before we get to that. We do. Okay. I'm so happy you asked, Pavlak. So 2008, Mortal Kombat versus DC. Oh, Universe. well, here we go again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a, uh, another, like, like just like uh, Marvel versus Capcom, another fighting crossover that I don't think anybody expected at the time. I remember when that was first announced, people were like, what? N nobody oh, yeah. ex nobody expected those two properties to come together and looking back on it i think it's so ironic because at the time they was first announced and before the game came out then i remember the prevailing notion was that dc's characters are not going to fit in well with the you know the grit the edge and the you know the violence of mortal combat and now years later dc live action has this reputation of being dark edgy mm -hmm. and violent but back in the day yeah, nobody thought those two properties were going to mesh well, and they, they did. did. They it, did they, well, yeah, I mean, well, they did had to censor the the Mortal Kombat violence, which is one of the, you know, one of the big takeaways that a lot of people have is that you know Mortal Kombat characters were kind of nerfed in their edge, uh, which is a valid point. But uh, I we played this game a lot. You know, me and Nate, we were at college at the time, and we played this game a lot. It was a very fun game. Uh, it's and it was kind of. Uh, you know, it, 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 hints of things to come with with that studio. This is before right. they, uh, before Midway went under and before they became NetherRealm Studios. This was this was actually one of the very last games released by Midway before they went under because yeah. they went under in 2009 and this was toward the tail end of 2008. So this is, you know, arguably the Midway swan song. Right, because because yeah, then I believe two years later in 2011 you had uh, that Mortal Kombat right soft reboot. Which, and that's which really brought when the studio, which was a it brought Mortal Kombat back to the forefront. Huge. That was Nether Realms kind of you know yeah, entrance. That was Nether Realms' first game, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and then at, in the first Injustice after that. So right. we see just those seeds planted with Mortal Kombat versus DC. Also, um, there was a Batman Begins tie-in game that we missed. That was uh, kind of interesting for the time in 2005. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> it, it, it wasn't really anything. I'm sure it was I'm absolutely not, amazing. We're not about every single little one. I just happen to remember that, but I don't sure, have sure. much to say on that one. I it, I don't I either have to because into that after our next game. Okay. I, I just loved that in that uh, Mortal Kombat DC game that you could play as Captain Marvel. That made me very that's very right. Happy. That was because uh, I that's my favorite superhero. So uh, I usually don't see representation of him anywhere. So hey, that's cool. Well, glad that trailer is happening tomorrow, right? Glad to see Brie Larson taking up that role. Anyway, <laughs> You're I, 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 that's not Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> that is a Captain Marvel. Okay, so okay. But, that's neither here nor there. Captain Marvel, Marvel Studios, you're cool. I like you. You're fine. I just wish I could call my favorite superhero Captain Marvel. Okay, Nate, let, Nate let me clarify for a second. We are recording this on Monday. What Josiah is referring yes, 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 to know, is yeah, Marvel's Captain Marvel trailer being revealed tomorrow with Brie Larson. So we timed this, up at the Geekiverse. Yes. Met, like tomorrow, our time, not your time to listen. In terms of Mortal Kombat versus DC, we're referring to one of the very last times you would have seen Shazam referred to as Captain Marvel. <laughs> Forever, yes. Captain Marvel in my heart. <laughs> Other, breathe less than Captain Marvel again. You're fine. I accept you. Exist, please. <laughs> I don't think. I, I don't think there's a higher there. praise has never been spoken. Exist, exist please, please. Is the quote from Nate Lockhart on the back of the Blu-ray box? It's like you just Marvel. said. Check, please. Exist, please. <laughs> but yeah, this is one of the probably last times that a DC production is listing shazam as captain marvel right because i can't think of anything else since then where he would have wouldn't have been shazam (laughs) nate Nate is just too depressed to even confirm you know i I, one one thing that might be worth checking is that uh uh there was a marvel ultimate alliance like game for the dc games uh for the dc universe called justice league heroes uh, which was a, okay. m- a much, you know, just just kind of a l- not quite as good and a far less popular version of that dungeon crawler, you know, team-based action RPG formula. Um, so uh, I don't know if Captain Marvel slash Shazam was in that, though. So anyway, in any event. It's, it's a good discussion. Uh, some good fun facts there. Mm-hmm. 2008, same year. Thomas, welcome. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, so. Who? Oh, hey, Tam. In 2008, I was 16. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Did you have your driver's li- Did you have your driver's license yet? No. Did you have your permit? Yes. Okay. Right. So Pav and I were graduating high school. Yeah. Yes, we were. Um, I don't. Dude, amazing how. <laughs> me and Nate were midway through college. I was close to graduating college. I just then met crazy. my now wife. It's a little different. It's yeah. a little different. I was going into. I was getting a job and all that kind of stuff. Like. <laughs> Well, you guys were still being slacking baby. off, babies. The, I was the, babies, all of you. <laughs> the Pop fact that hanging out playing Trivial Pursuit, and the fact that you and I survived being chemistry partners is astounding. <laughs> I can't believe we're still here today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Because uh, let me tell you, I was a slacker. Thank you, Mr. Popluck. So, uh, Lego Batman. We entered the Lego realm. Very popular series woop over woop. the years. Tom, take it away. Um. Yeah, so Lego Batman. <laughs> that uh, at the time that quickly became the highest grossing um, superhero video game. I mean, not any. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if it still is or not because there's been a lot of new releases, probably with Spider-Man and other things that just came out. Um, but this was kind of the the kickoff game for for Lego. Yeah. I mean, it kind of showed that we obviously had all these playsets for different. Um, different franchises we already had you know the star wars kits and the superhero kits and jurassic park and all those but to take something and animate it in a way 
where it's playable for all ages, it was definitely like a different step. And I mean, now I mean we already have three Lego Batman's. We have a whole slew of Lego games, and I mean it's I mean, what was it three, two days ago I was playing Lego Star Wars: The Complete Series. <laughs> it's a classic it's for just, me. Yeah, Lego Batman was the first um, superhero Lego game mm-hmm. in 2005. We had man, was it 04? We had the the first Lego Star Wars. Yes, and that yes. kind of paved the way. We had mm-hmm. Lego Indiana Jones after that, Lego Harry Potter, which was great. Um, but Lego Batman was the first superhero centric game. Uh, and it was fun. It really utilized like the gadgets and the characters and kind of showed more of like a, I don't know, I guess at the time the other games were still 3d, but this kind of showed more. Yeah. In up and downs, left and rights. (laughs) I, I've played a lot of the Lego games throughout the years because they're, they're just fun. They're charming. They're interesting to me. Uh, they're fun to kind of go through in hundred percent. They're good for the achievements list, which is great, too. Uh, but, or trophies, if you play on PlayStation. You don't, you don't know what that are. means, Seth. I, he looked at me like I had, like, three heads. Um, I only have two. So, anyway, Lego Batman. Do you remember the Lego games? So now they're all scripted and they have voiceovers. Back in the day, the stories didn't have words. Every character was like, huh? Or, like, they yeah. would make these, these interesting... There were, like, these little silent skits, like, that made, you know, like with the, yeah, the first, like, of Star Wars games that reenacted the prequels, and it just introduced this this kind of, like, undercutting humor <laughs> yes. and, like, sass to everything that was going on in the story. It was great. Like, Batman would always be like... <laughs> That's very cute. <laughs> it's adorable. Yeah. So, I one review early on... I remember my dad read one for like one of the Lego Star Wars games, and it was only episodes one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Then they made four, five, and six. Then they combined them. Great for sales. But they uh, they said they referred to it as like a s- the snack of video gaming, like a game you don't take too seriously, but you enjoy it in small doses. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I can get there. So that was the, um, the start of the superhero genre for Lego. Mm-hmm. But interesting with the numbers that you mentioned, kind of like how it was the highest grossing. Yeah. So and, and on at the time, almost every <laughs> available system. Now, uh, how old were you at the time when that came out? Two thousand eight. I was sixteen. Sixteen. Yes. Okay. So is that like, is that one you really got into at, at that age? You're, it was just like a great way to to kind of kill time and, and move through. So because those games have such a freewheeling, at least yeah. the way I think of it, have such a freewheeling uh, pace to them. Yeah. The the history of of Tom Colbert gaming is a whole different <laughs> <laughs> thing. Go into it, please. Um, Enlighten us, please. Yeah. Well, I started with Super Nintendo, uh-huh, uh-huh. so that was my first. Oh, he's taking right. it seriously. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> I like it. It's real quick. It's real quick. Well, I asked a question. It <laughs> went Super Nintendo to wanting an N64 because all my friends have it, but I didn't have it. Um, mm-hmm. I had the PS1. Oh, you poor thing. I, hey, I had... I had, <laughs> I had <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. You, you I had Spyro Crash and Final Fantasy Tactics. That's all I needed at the time. Um, oh, that's all anyone needs. Exactly. You don't even know what the second game was. Shut your face. <laughs> Spyro? Yeah. No, he said Final Fantasy Tactics. That was, that was the third game. I said, I just not crashed and I definitely there. Know I definitely mumbles. <laughs> the second Spyro game was Spyro 2. Duh. <laughs> Spyro, Spyro 2, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, my gosh. But anyway. Um, Do you hear what's happening here? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't even. I'm I feel like because <laughs> at the time. The whole <laughs> at the time, I picked it up just because it was it was Batman in Lego, two properties that I adored. So I was like, yeah, this has got to be fun. And I, I already played the Lego Star Wars um, on PC at the time. So PC, I love yeah, it. That's awesome. PC. I played it on original Xbox, which was great. Yeah. Lauren and I played that during the October Storm. 
Ooh, so, that October storm. I was visiting Houghton during that October storm, and there was, <laughs> there was nothing going on in Houghton. No. As I drove home, it got progressively more apoc- apocalyptic. For, I decided <laughs> to sleep on the thruway overnight with any <laughs> Oh, jeez. Did you really? Yes. Wow. So 2006, if you don't know, in western New York, we had uh, a surprise, if you will, uh, October storm where we, we had leaves in the trees. We had a, just a bad combination of weather. Snow fell. It was a freak blizzard that it hit. Was, it was came like out of nowhere. Even more fierce than usual for you know Buffalo. It doesn't usually hit that early or not nearly that sudden. It just knocked out a lot of things such as power in the area yeah. for a, a good long time. Yeah. So it wasn't so much dangerous in terms of driving, but it just didn't have access to a lot of stuff for a while. Because you had yeah. lake effect snow dropping on top of trees that had not yet shed their leaves, which means that the branches could not hold that weight. Yes. And that just absolutely demolished um uh, arbor life across the city on top of dropping onto power lines and then the flooding on top of that because the temperature quickly jumped back so you had flooding all across the city from this massive amount of snow that suddenly dropped all in one day i mean that thing ca- that stuff came down literally in about 24 hours a lot of times you have in in buffalo slash western new york you hear about the blizzard of 77 october surprise storm is, is another one right yeah. in that same group yes uh, for us it was it was nice. I, I would have been, we would have been juniors in yes. high school. So yep. like we had it a week was off. the start of junior year, just about. Um, Lauren and I were dating about a year at that point, And we, we were, we were blessed enough that one of our, our family members who lived out a little ways brought us a generator. So we had that. And I know not everyone was in that position, but we had it. And Lauren and I played the heck out of Lego Star Wars. And I'm pretty sure we completed mm-hmm. it that week, but that was a really nice, you know, kind of bonding thing for us. And nice. just something we, think back on but uh yeah Beautiful. so that's kind of maybe why i think about the lego game so fondly yeah i don't know uh i didn't really play the i played lego star wars a bit but um i didn't really play the lego superhero games until lego marvel superheroes came out which was like that's a deep uh, game that's, <laughs> a, that's a fantastic it, it was like you know tied in a bit with the avengers in 2012 it jumps jumps ahead a bit but uh it was just a great overall it encompassed so much of the marvel universe and uh that was when worry. i first got into it but there's some important stuff to get into before that. It's it's right on the list here, buddy. All right, excuse Bucko. me. Uh, so we got through Lego Batman, 2009. Ooh, okay. There, there's big, there's big <laughs> things coming. To the, excuse, excuse me. What? Huh? Huh? What? what? Ooh, where am I? <laughs> what is this? 2010. So. No. <laughs> so two, if you don't know, I never shut up ever about the Batman Arkham series. Very near and dear to me. Uh, 2009, we got what was going to be. A tie-in movie to The Dark Knight in 2008. This is interesting, because I remember I watched a lot of G4 at the time, and they had... <laughs> I, I know, I know. No, I'm with him. I did. I had the G4 app until they went out of business. <laughs> every I watched Attack of the Show, even though every episode of that, like, this sucked, but I had I watched it a lot. You know, I, there's some stuff on there I like, but they had, like, you know, uh, a little bit of a, a soundbite, an interview with Gary Oldman talking about... Uh, recording voiceover for a Dark Knight game that had not been announced and nobody, you know, because Dark Knight was coming and everyone was super anticipating it and, you know, everyone figured there'd be some kind of a game for it and uh, and there was supposed to be a game and there's a long story behind uh, what that went on with that and why that ended up being canceled. But through the ashes of that came uh, an absolutely uh, genre-defining, incredible one of the standouts of the generation. A masterpiece. I don't... It, it's funny to think that it stemmed from that. That mm. it was a game that essentially got delayed, in a way scrapped, repurposed, and became Arkham Asylum, Oof. which yeah. is one of the 
you know, it, it's my second. So I love <laughs> Arkham City. Arkham Asylum is my second favorite game of all time. Um, and a lot of people in in terms of the uh, Arkham games prefer Asylum because it was kind of more contained. But it provided a really, really wonderful story, an original story on, on Batman. Written by Paul Dini. The animated series. Yeah. Featuring the voice talents of one Mr. Conroy mm. and one Mr. Hamill mm, yeah. and one Miss Strong. Correct? Was she in that one? I think she came in Arkham City. Yeah. I think Arlie Sorkin was in Arkham City. You are correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You are correct. It was Arkham City that Tara Strong came in. It was as near perfect to me as a game could be in the sense that its pacing was beautiful. It found a really good balance in kind of how Spider-Man is found with Insomniac in getting to that. You want to you wanna go on all the, the side missions, find all the collectibles. Um and in getting back to the the story with the chemistry between the actors, having done the Batman uh, Batman the animated series, it was just the perfect culmination. And Rocksteady kind of almost fell into this. It felt like right because Rocksteady was basically a nobody studio before this. Nobody saw this coming. Everyone was like, "Why did they give this major property to this unknown developer?" Yes, and, and it turned out absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, th- there there are like so many stories of like newer studio, you know, smaller studios that try to take on a bigger property, and so so many of those things get canceled. You know, Factor Five, after uh, developing some great Star Wars uh, Rogue Squadron games, uh, were making a Superman game, like a similarly to Arkham Asylum, not not a tie-in license, just like a, a just just you know just having fun with the property and incorporating all those different characters, and uh, there's footage from that. Uh, yeah, Factor Five was gonna make a Superman game, and I think it was like 2007. That got canceled, but yeah, Arkham Asylum pulled through, and uh, the industry is better for it. It was uh, it, it is a game I probably I, this doesn't happen too often. I replay every every other year, and now it's on the the Batman Return to Arkham collection, which mm. is Arkham Asylum and Arkham City for the PS4 and Xbox One systems. Uh, Metacritic wise, Arkham Asylum at a 92 percent, which mm. is great in terms of gaming. Um, I could not have enjoyed my time more. And back in the day with the 360, if you remember, demos were a thing, and demos still are a thing, but not nearly as mm-hmm. prominently because of how much footage and, and media coverage we get. Playing Arkham Asylum, I played that demo, I can't tell you how many times, I, I usually five or six times all the way through. It was one of the first, uh, first levels in the game. We could talk about it all night. Yeah, I... Um I think uh, Arkham City topped it personally. Me too. I I liked the more open structure. They they worked out some of the, some of the you know the the more minor flaws that Arkham Asylum had. It had better boss battles. It had a better finale, uh, and it uh, fleshed out the world and provided like a, a satisfying conclusion. Like the game, the series could have ended there, and it would have been really satisfying. Uh, it was like it was open world, but it was still somewhat confined instead of being the full open world that Arkham Knight had. But um, does anyone care about spoilers for Arkham City? We're so no, many years past, spoiler. right? Absolutely not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. We're way too far past. So the ending in Arkham City, and we'll we'll just jump there since we're talking about it, was so crazy to me. So also funny. Like I worked at GameStop back when that came out, um, and Sam Budzinski was my manager at, at uh, GameStop. So we worked the Arkham City Midnight Very release. Nice. Fellow Geekiverse member, and. Uh, I still have like the cardboard cutout of the Joker somewhere here that I took off of one of the displays, but we we had the the 
in-store midnight release. We watched Dark Knight as we're, we're handing out these games. Got home, played it. I beat that game so quick, and, and I don't know if I ever 100%ed that one. I, got, I came very I close. Did. I think that's the only game I've ever really platinumed is Arkham City. Really? I played that, like, those, like... Every DLC challenge map, every extra like three stars and everything, like it, dro- it, dro- it drove me nuts. But I was just that's it's impressive. Like, it's like the new Spider-Man game. I'm just I'm just super hooked on it. It's just everything I love uh, is yeah. I'm with you. The Insomniac Spider-Man game that just came out on PS4 invokes feelings that I I felt towards those Arkham games. Yeah. Now one and of my favorite things about that series in general was which I'm hoping Spider-Man has was the stealth takedowns. That's that relevant in Spider-Man. Yes, absolutely. Okay, yes, fantastic. So. You know, if you're in the Arkham games and you're Batman, you're hiding or you're up on the purchase, yeah. right? And you can basically do your your stealth takedown in a number of ways. With Spider-Man, you can do that, and it. I don't need this, but it tells you if it's safe or dangerous. If it's okay. safe, no one else that you are in the realm of will see it. Okay. But it's the same way. You kind of web him up, string him up, and he's okay. like. There's, like, there's, the but there's there's also some gadgetry. There's like the you know the web trip mine thing and everything. Yes. And there's there's some room for that. Yeah. And it's a lot like um, the the gadgets that Batman has in in Arkham City. Yeah. Where he's got all those different abilities. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, just something about just toying with your enemies that, like in a cynical way that was just yeah absolutely it's, satisfying. It's not, it's not as much <laughs> yeah. of a focus as it is in the Arkham oh. games, but it's definitely there. And there's a lot of instances. There's a lot of that. side missions with it, especially in later in the game too that unlock with Spider-Man. But with Arkham City. Like, from, and this is my favorite game of all time. Uh, from the soundtrack, or from the score, excuse me, with that violin or that string setting just gets me every time, and it takes me right back to when that game released, to the amazing roster of characters that you came across, mm-hmm. and how every character was relevant. And you came across all these side missions, and there were some really standard. Uh, more developed side missions that you would come across in Arkham City that just blew my mind. In some of the side plots, you need to probably look up on YouTube if you haven't played the game yourself, but it is unbelievable. Like, there's an achievement or a trophy um, for visiting Calendar Man for every holiday. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. if you turn your console on and go visit Calendar Man where you find him, you'll get an achievement after so many times. Was it City or Origins that had um, Azrael? City. That was City? Okay. Because when and I saw that also, the first time, I was Arkham blown Knight. away. Yeah, Arkham yeah. Too, but I was like, what, what's going on? This is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> this it's is super fantastic. dark, and it foreshadowed what was yeah. coming with Arkham Knight. It's really it was cool. like, you too will burn. It was yeah. like, oh, man, I loved it. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I would love more from Rocksteady. I know it's coming soon. I can't wait to see what it is. I don't care what it is at this point. I just want to play it because I think their careful crafting with what they did with that Batman series was – Seth Top Snow, notch. All the guys over there are very talented. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And what have they been working on? They were working on it for years since Arkham Knight came out in 2015. Yeah. So yeah. we'll it's, see. It's been a while. So i got to imagine we see something on that next year. We'll see. Just a yeah, I know. Yeah. Got to think yeah, maybe E3. Yeah. Also, 2011, we got Marvel versus Capcom 3. That's right. Pavlak, if you want to touch on that, that was a little bit. now you're talking first one since 1998. So 13 years later, that you finally got a sequel to the massively popular Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Comes out on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Now you're jumping from 2D sprites to 3D models. Uh, so a very different look as far as graphics went. Um, probably had a little bit of impact in terms of the fighting mechanics, just the way that hitboxes work. Um, you're getting online play with this now. So it, pl- it changes up uh, the mechanics just a little bit. 
A uh, little bit smaller fighting roster. You went from fi- 56 to 38, but I feel like this one had better diversity in characters, especially on the Capcom side. You had uh, guys like Chris Redfield, Amaterasu from Okami, Dante and Trish from Devil May Cry, uh, Nathan Spencer from Bionic Commando. Uh, which, there's a reboot version. Right. The, the, the crappy version. Yeah. Pavlet, Chris Redfield, isn't that the guy from uh, Resident Evil 6? It, uh... <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't that one. Yeah, You're the right. Beefy, mo- that was that was yes, that was Chris Redfield. Redfield after he went on steroids. Apparently, I'm yeah. sorry, it's a terrible inside joke. Resident Evil Six is the only Resident Evil I've ever played, and it's also one of the very few games that, that I've quit me. midway through. That hurts me. As a, as it's a moral issue for Resident, me. Resident Evil fan that that's the only one you've played. I have a tough time not finishing a game. Yeah. I texted Pavlok whatever year I was playing that, and I was like, "Is it okay if I don't finish this game?" And he's like. Which one yeah. is it? Resident Evil 6. Oh, yeah. No, don't finish that game. <laughs> You've never played any of the ones leading up to it. Like, who cares what happens to this? You know, yeah. No, awful. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Tap out with that. Done. Anyway. Yeah. And you... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did you like I'm sorry. that game? No, no, yeah. no, I did. I'm sorry. I was pausing for dramatic effect. It was dramatic as all. I was all good at it. I'll tell you that. And I mean, I'll jump ahead real quick um, just because it's... Uh, you had a 2011, then you got the ultimate version of Marvel versus Capcom yeah. 3. Um, same consoles for the most part, but it just brought in new stages. PS4 new... and uh, Xbox One. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it went to the you know the most modern systems. Then you brought in new, some new characters, new game modes. Uh, you got Doctor Strange in there, Ghost Rider, Hawkeye, Iron Fist, Phoenix Wright, which I mean is just yeah. like it's that's impressive. the epi- like that's the epitome of how zany these crossovers get you get a lawyer to be fighting against you know the likes of iron fist and hawkeye or spider-man iron man and then uh i don't know do you have anything to say about marvel vs. capcom infinite right but that's not until 2017 so i'm sure we've <laughs> but, got but, something but, in between but you're um, skipping so many yeah. years one one little thing that we skipped is um spider-man shattered dimensions which was uh so i did have a list of spider-man games but all right that's enough of that <laughs> Uh, there were a after, lot of Spider-Man games for a yeah. while. Yeah, after, a I mean, yeah, I mean, we we also skipped by um, Ultimate Spider-Man, which was actually a really really good one based on the Ultimate, you know, uh, Spider-Man comic series, uh, you know, written by Brian Michael Bendis and illust- uh, penciled by Mark Bagley. Uh, that was a really good game. You play as Spider-Man and Venom, and uh, Spider-Man: Web of Shadows, which was I think for most people was the standout open-world Spider-Man game for a while following Spider-Man 2. And uh but yeah, then I, th- I believe in 2010 after Arkham Asylum we had Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which was another like, you know, not tying it to a movie or anything, just just making an independent game based on the license uh you know by a new st- new studio, Beanox, and you know, I, it was seen at the time that maybe it might be the Arkham Asylum for Spider-Man, which it didn't really end up being, but it it was it was a cool game. It was very linear. You pay. It was you know. You, Spider-Man a different kind of like what we're seeing now. <coughs> what, what's coming with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Different versions, mm-hmm. alternate reality versions of Spider-Man. You had Amazing Spider-Man. You had Ultimate Spider-Man, which used the symbiote. You had Spider-Man Noir and Spider-Man 2099, all voiced by different voice actors from the history of the character and different cartoon series. And uh, that was a fun one that had kind of a subpar sequel called Spider-Man: Edge of Time. And uh, and then we'll, there's more movie tie-ins that we'll get into later. There but. were so many Spider-Man games for a period of time that it was crazy. And in, yeah. in a small matter of just a few years, um, it was funny. IGN released, here's every Spider-Man review we've ever done and throughout the years. And it was all Greg Miller. <laughs> 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 just like, 
it was you know it's kind of funny to see. Always thought of him as a Superman guy up until recently. I don't know. If yeah, yeah, I didn't realize he was such a Spider-Man fan. Yeah, but it's good but. to see. Uh, DC Universe Online, 2011. I played also. a little bit of this one. I uh, have it downloaded on my uh, my PS4, and I've never free to play it. now. Yeah. Yes, but there's all kinds of subscription models and stuff. And uh, one of the things that kind of uh, excited me about it was the fact that. Uh, oh, another game that we skipped over was uh, the Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destru- uh, Destruction. Was the name of that? Was I'm not that familiar. The, 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 oh yeah. The 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 open world Hulk game that again wasn't tied to a movie or anything, uh, but had really <laughs> fun open world destructive uh, gameplay. And they the developers kind of had the gameplay of DC Universe Online kind of emulate that in the way you can land, traverse and climb buildings and fight and stuff. I am really like not big on multiplayer stuff at all. I gave this game a shot anyway. Um, I had a good time with it for a bit, but I just wasn't able to get into it because it's just not my kind of game. But I know a lot of people, Greg Miller, you know, he he's played a lot of it over the years, uh, and it's still going. And uh, I consider getting back into it every now and again, but it's just the MMOs are just not my kind of thing. But uh, it's 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 been an ongoing thing for quite a while now. It, you know, they those are games that require commitment. Um, the MMOs and DC Universe Online. Um, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't complete when it first launched. There was definitely a lot more to add to it as the years went on. Um, became more accessible than once you got past the paywall, and eventually it really found a footing. At one point, it had as many as 18 million registered users, and was the number one um, revenue generating free to play game on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3. Saying a Nate, lot. Yeah, Nate's got something he wants to say. and You know, you're saying that the MMORPGs take a lot of commitment. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> frankly, I think this is indicative of Seth just not being a true gamer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I, 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 I didn't even want to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I What's coming? I I play my games like I live my life in solitude, locked in a dark room, alone by myself. <laughs> Single player experiences are what Cap Americanski is all about, and uh, I don't want to share my life with anybody. I guess I guess there's Emily and Peggy, uh, but they don't play video games. So <laughs> leave the food at the door, please. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that I don't like games; it's just that I don't like people. Yeah, as uh, Bob Dylan once said, if you uh, if you can't, uh, please get out of the new way. If you can't lend a hand, said Zelensky. <laughs> it's true. He said it. Uh, I so I forgot about this one, but I <laughs> <laughs> cut you guys out here. Um, Tom has very little interest yeah. in saying this. <laughs> I'm just you know famous famous artist quotes. So just let's move on. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> so 2012, they had uh, Gotham City Imposters, which is another free-to-play game. Oh, that was yes! fun. That was like a so Team Fortress oh! 2 style. Uh, Holy crap. Yeah, that was a fun yeah, one. Yeah, I, I played that when the beta when it first came out. That was really popular I for a little bit. terrible at it, but it was fun. It was definitely yeah, it was good. What would you say it's comparable to? Anything? <sighs> Probably, but I can't think of it. It was very... Team Fortress 2. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely... Yeah. Because it, that, it was model, just player yeah. versus player, cartoony... Team-based Probably like thing, yeah. 2012 Fortnite, I guess. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, like the an, style. It was an XBLA game, right? Yeah, PSN, yeah. Or, I don't know what that yeah. means. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember if they were physical. <laughs> there was no retail that. release for that. Full names, not acronyms. It was, it was Monolith, too. It was the Xbox Live Arcade. I, I know. I was fine with it, but it obviously didn't yeah, Monolith resonate with Tom. So. Xbox, ever heard of it? 
<laughs> no, I, was just I mean, there. no, but I'm not missing much. I mean, if it's not. Stop it, <laughs> Right about that. Bada hey, boom! Realest guy in the room. Tom just got an Xbox. Oh my I gosh. Did. Poor Tom tried to put a tent on his circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut, our mouth. Zima, cut off the Zima supply to this table, please. <laughs> no more Baron Zima, please. Check. Check, check please. We're, check we're now in the current year of 2012, so now we're good. <laughs> it's Tom's turn. Lego Batman 2 DC Superheroes. I'll play a bit of um, this one. This was an open yeah. world, and you can play as uh, not just Batman. They added a lot more characters to it. Yeah. And it was a little more fun. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, you. you <laughs> the first I mean, this was like a game. Okay. Yeah. You could play as Superman and other heroes, and this was like, you know, the best. You know, I think Greg Miller said it's like the best Superman video game experience there it is, is up until this point. Every time you took over, so you, you can cycle through like a hundred characters, give it's or take. It's a lot of characters. <laughs> When you are Superman and you tap on the Xbox, no, it's foreign to you guys, uh, or PlayStation, you would hit X. On Xbox, it is A. If you hit it twice, you fly as Superman and begins the Superman theme. John Williams theme. The John Williams theme. So that's super cool. What's the name of this game again? Lego Batman 2. Okay. DC Superhero. I feel like I got stuck on the first level and never played it after that. I 100%ed it. It was the first open world Gotham City before Arkham Knight. Uh, it was in this game. Uh, well, so there was a lot of okay, cool yeah. kind of like Tim Burton and animated series inspiration for the scenery itself. And uh, it was yeah. also the first Lego game to feature an original story with voiceovers. So as we'd mentioned um, before, where it's like, wah, 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 and they're <laughs> make, you know saying all those ridiculous noises. Now it's translated. Yes. <laughs> so that was there. Lego Lord of the Rings was also around Ooh. the same time, but that was an established story. So those were based on three movies. Right. This one was an original story, and it was written and voiced over specifically for this game instead of pulling the voices from the movies for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Kind of fun. Kind of missed the charm of those original Lego games in a way with those little nonverbal noises. But uh, good to see it evolve, I guess. 2013 Lego Marvel Superhero. So Marvel enters the realm first time in the the Lego universe. Um, yeah, what do you guys say about this, Colbert? I, I don't know how much to talk about Lego. I mean, they're all kind of the same concept of game. Except oh, I'm yeah. sure they're all the same too. Just, just, just the way. Me, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like it tied in a bit. Yeah, I, I, it came. This out one was a, wait, an original story. The year after the Avengers. Right. So you had. Uh, Phil Coulson, and you had Maria Hill, and some of those. They kind of like that. You also had Deadpool with a really funny side story before yeah. Deadpool. Ba- was so it, it like tied in a bit with the MCU, but it also incorporated like the opening thing was this big attack uh, with by Sandman, and he had Spider Man in there. You know, years before uh, Spider Man was coming into the MCU. So in you had X Men and everything. So it, was it wasn't freedom, strictly it was MCU stuff. Yeah. So uh, and then. Yes, so it was you know the Marvel is a little bit stingy with uh, those tie-ins. After that point, uh, like you know Marvel's Capcom Infinite, which didn't include you know X Men characters or stuff like that. So uh, it was a yeah, it was a great example of just uh, utilizing the license, big plot involving Galactus, and that was a great one. I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved that I was able to finally play those Marvel characters uh, in the Lego setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Arkham Origins, also in 2013. So this was not developed by Rocksteady, but rather WB Montreal, which was more of a, a holdover until Arkham Knight was going to be finished right, a few yeah. years later. 
on the new generation of systems. Was it treated that way at the time, or did you guys, because uh, I, um, did you view it as the the, the true follow up? As it was? No. I felt like immediately, from my standpoint, I knew like it was a just there, a placeholder. Because yeah. we knew it wasn't it wasn't Rocksteady. It was a standalone prequel. It, it wasn't as much like Kevin uh, Conroy even said he was voicing Batman in an upcoming game, and he didn't voice it in this game. So it was <laughs> like okay. Yeah, he, he spilled the it beans wasn't and him. spoiled it. And uh, Troy Baker was also the Joker. There wasn't as much hype leading up to it. So yeah, it definitely felt like a holdover game. But it was it was good. I, I, it definitely was evident to me that this was not a Rocksteady game. You know, Rocksteady they have those meticulously crafted environments that are just loaded with character and char. And it, with with Arkham Origins, it was like some of the environment of Arkham City plus some other stuff that just you know lacks some of that that depth and detail that the Rocksteady environments do. And uh, uh, there was a lot of good things about that game, and it was a good game, but it definitely was not quite on the level of the Rocksteady stuff for me. Yeah. While I hated the big twist in this game, as far as the villain went, oh, I, yeah. I, I oh, so, well, well see, that was cool. I love Troy Baker's Joker. I love too. Troy Baker's Joker. I yeah, think he yeah. does a very, very good portrayal of the Joker, and then he would eventually go on to do just as good of one in uh, Assault on Arkham, mm-hmm. which I love. You know, after Great Mark villain. Hamill, I think Troy Baker is far and away the best Joker voice. For yeah. for the animated series, what's in that? Ger- just in general for Batman for voice animated for voiceovers, yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill's king, but I think Troy Baker is very very close to him. I think he does a great iteration. Yeah, you did what, a great job. What's great is Troy Baker did. Uh, I want to say like San Diego Comic Con around this time when Arkham Origins was coming out. He did a voiceover on a panel for uh, a line from Killing Joke. Yes, just to reach I, the crowd, which was kind of exciting. Uh, Arkham Origins, I agree with Seth. It wasn't to the level that we saw with Rocksteady's games. It felt truly like another studio was coming in and trying to replicate that. They did a damn good job of, of really replicating a lot of the mechanics for it. Story wasn't as good. I know Pavlik didn't like the twist as much, but it, you know you thought Black Mask was going to be the, the villain. And they really, really built it up to be that. So early in the game, it's revealed that Joker is the true villain. This new criminal in Gotham, or Arkham, if you will, which is... It was a weird time because nothing about it was an origin, really. <laughs> right, Batman yeah. Batman had been fighting for, like for years. Two, yeah, for like a couple of years, yeah, yeah. Like, He's going toe-to-toe with Deathstroke. Like, yes. you're not doing that at no. your first day on the job. <laughs> they had some of the, the best villain fights. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they had that big gauntlet of, you know, is it the Black Mask puts out a contract for eight different villains to try to kill Batman on Christmas Eve. It's a cool setup. That was a great premise. And yeah. There's a part of me that was like really early in the game. You're maybe a fifth of the way through. You find out that it's not Black Mask. But then I'm like, oh, it's the Joker. It's kind of cool. It's Troy Baker. <laughs> I, 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 I do like it. I thought it was set up pretty well. I thought it was fine. I think it was a little bit underrated. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that jump with a, a remade version to Xbox One and PS4 era. Uh, I don't yeah, think, I think we'll think get we, it. I, th- I think we've, yeah, we've, we've at this point that by now, yeah. Unfortunately. Um, Moving on to 2015's Batman Arkham Knight. So the conclusion of the Rocksteady trilogy. I thought it was a fitting end. I thought there was a good story with it as well. The most notable inclusion for this one was the Batmobile, which I thought they did a nice job of. Um, and I wrote in my original view that they review that they did a little bit too much of it. They leaned on that mechanic too much. But it was the best Batmobile, I would say, in... Just about yeah. I enjoy I enjoyed that Batmobile for a while. For, I for hate a, it. I <laughs> really, well, no, I'd I mean, love to hear that. It was, it was a big it. criticism, and I think I didn't get sick of it uh, as soon as a lot of other people did. But when it got to the end of the game, uh, it definitely became, especially when it like 
was clearly like replacing what should have been more elaborate battles like the thing with death deathstroke where it comes in and you think you're gonna have a boss battle with deathstroke but it's just a tank battle in the batmobile that that was getting to the point where i'm like that was a little a, ridiculous this, this is a bit of a bummer they but, were staged but it much. was still i i feel like they, they had a they had good mechanics there for the the batmobile but yeah a tad overused and um you know there was stuff about that game even though it was so long a production that still felt like it was a bit rushed and it, yeah I don't I don't feel like it was quite as strong as uh, Arkham City but uh, what did you have to say Tony? I was just gonna, like I definitely agree that it was like playing the Batmobile was fun for like yeah. the first like I don't know 10 minutes yeah. and then after that you're like, like I have to use this to do everything like There I, were a I lot have to use this. of of plus, battles with that. Yeah, yeah. Pl plus a lot of that game it was like there were so many side missions with everything like they always have like the flying side missions and like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff they forced you to kind of use it a lot and it just it made the world feel bigger but at the same time I didn't want to be forced to use that it should have been like an option uh, you know what i mean that's kind of like i, I feel do, like i yeah. only use it to like launch myself out of it that's the only thing i used it for. if I you would have if it would have been less in the game would you have viewed it more favorably yeah if it was like like a mission like, sure. like you have to like chase someone in the batmobile that would have been great but it felt it like some just, of the boss battles even were like yeah. a little bit like but the problem was that it was mechanically supposed to be stealth mm -hmm. how could that be yeah, stealthy? You have, you have a tank <laughs> if you think streets. about it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if it did, it became a tank. Like it's cool, but I'm gonna sneak up on you going five miles Batmobile an hour. Doesn't make <laughs> sense so much. Yeah, you'd have a villain going, oh, "I'm gonna find you," and you're really just going <laughs> feeling around the corner, like, <laughs> like that was how it was to me. It mechanically great appeared too much in the game. Yeah. Um, did you like the the story? The story, I there's stuff I liked about it. Um, I thought like earlier on, it, it was kind of stronger. Uh, the way it kind of say, you know, it, again, like you know, it had kind of like the, the false set, the way you you think Scarecrow is the main villain, but then it still Joker ends up being a major presence in it, and everything was cool. With the interesting thing that I wanted to mention about the story was, I remember at the time leading up to the game, there was an alleged leak on 4chan of the plot of this game, which ended up, uh, I I like gave in and 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 read it, oh, like, no. it but. It wasn't at all what happened in the game. Oh, okay. But oddly, I thought that a lot of elements of that leaked fake plot were kind of. I might have rather have said. So, the that leaked plot talked about, um, uh, you know, like it took place in all of Gotham City. You had different villains splitting up different territory, and the Suicide Squad were a major part of it. And you know, under control by uh, Amanda Waller and the Arkham Knight, because the, they were still building up the Arkham Knight being this big. Ooh, who's it gonna be? Where it just ended up being Jason Todd, and it was it was kind of a disappointing uh, bombshell in that sense, because uh, they said it was gonna be like a new character. How it could was, it be? It was kind of obvious. Yeah. Well, just the way this like, leaked yeah. this leaked plot uh, actually uh, claimed that the Arkham Knight was this. Uh, experiment that like was um, engineered by Amanda Waller to have like a clone of Batman. So it was a clone of Bruce Wayne, and that was why he he was like kind of like he, but he was like kind of messed up and he had like a grudge against Batman and everything. And it uh, and he ends up having his, these interactions with Batman, and uh, he ends up kind of be you know like connecting with him in in some way. And he said like oh I never had a Bruce Wayne says, oh, I never had a son. If I d did, I would have named him, you know, Thomas Wayne. And, and at the end, uh, the Arkham Knight, like, has a change of heart. And he s he, there's this, like, missile that's going to take off to destroy Gotham City. And, and the, the Thomas Wayne, you know, the, the Batman clone, uh, sacrifices himself 
uh, to save the city, and it fulfills Azrael's prophecy from Arkham City when he said that Batman would die, and you know the the fire would like Gotham City would because burn because the Gotham City would burn, and that he would burn with it because mm-hmm. it because it, it, in a way, yes, Bruce Wayne himself did because there was this clone that died, but it, then it wasn't actually Batman dying. There's some elements of that fake story that I actually liked better than the real story, but uh, I I still still thought it was pretty cool. The environment of Arkham Knight was one of the standout things for me. The way there were three separate islands that I feel like each took inspiration from different versions mm-hmm. of Batman. There was yeah. like, there was like, um, I forget the, the names of all the islands, but there was the one that was kind of like the Narrows from Batman Begins. Then oh, there yeah. was the other one that was like almost Schumacher, like the way it had these big monuments and everything. It was more like Tim Burton, Schumacher-esque. And then there was the, it's kind of Metropolis style, like like kind of uh, semi-future, like the, the really like the commercial area. Uh, I really like that about it, but uh, a bit a bit of a mixed bag. Still a really strong game. Still stronger than you know most games, but uh, not quite Arkham City. I think it was kind of almost uh, an impossible feat in my mind to be on par or come close to Arkham City with what they did with Arkham City and how good it was and how it incorporated everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you on the story point. There are yeah. a lot of elements from. I do know what you're talking about with that leak that. Even some of the side missions in Arkham City felt like they were leading towards that. Uh, yeah. But with Arkham City, how were they ever going to top that? Especially with the decision that they made to kill off Joker at the end of Arkham City. I appreciate that they did that and they didn't bring him. Like, if you've watched the Gotham TV show at all. Uh huh. Nobody dies ever. They die, they come back. They die, they come back. It's just, it's this horrible thing. So even if someone dies and they try to make it this emotional thing, you're like, okay, I'll see you in six episodes. <laughs> with with Arkham, Joker's dead. Yeah. So like a, a like a, a mind version, a mental version of Joker is kind of alive and present in Which Arkham Knight. I really Knight. didn't think they were going to do because I really got the sense that Mark Hamill was done. So done. did I. He really made it a point to say, like, I'm done with so the voice of the character. My I jaw dropped. When I actually saw Joker in it and heard Mark Hamill's voice, and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's actually here. He's actually here. Uh, But, Tom, did you feel like they made a mistake in Arkham City with killing off Joker? No, because it worked so well. Okay. Like, in the next thing. Like, like, I think it's, if I recall the scene, you get sprayed with, like, some kind of toxic gas, and that's, like, the first trigger. Is that right? In Arkham Knight? In Arkham Knight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's when so it's, it's when the scare when you're you're he sprays trying Batman. to stop yeah. Scarecrow's yes. attack. Yeah. So like the, just that moment though, like where you're like locked in there and like you see the Joker and he's like he's messing with you, but he's like your friend. So he's he's in your mind. Like he has his madness has worked your way into Batman's yeah. mind, and I love the way they they attacked it because I think it's a little bit different than a lot of the previous Batman properties we've seen in the comics. But every moment with them talking, every cutscene was just Beautiful. even even if you're like looking around, he's like like he would just show up randomly and he'd be like, "What are you gonna do, bats?" And you're like, "He'd be randomly off yeah. the corner," but it was like so eerie in, in yeah, a way. Yeah, it's awesome though. There was one particular uh, scene later in the game before we move on here, and you play first person as the Joker with a shotgun, and it was <laughs> like first of all, Rocksteady get into the first person shooter genre mm. in addition to what you're doing with the action adventure, <laughs> but. Joker is worried that everybody's going to forget him is yeah. is the premise is of that. Is the ending of the game you're talking about? Yes, yeah, pretty I mean, much. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant because it was the total That was really cool. Like yeah. Joker didn't care if he got hurt, he didn't care if he got killed. All he cared about was if people remembered him. And I thought that it was so awesome and so just interwoven with the rest of the the games in the series with how they did it and it, it ended up being a satisfying conclusion for me. As much as it could have been, because Arkham City, in my mind, is a ten out of ten. 
not going to get better than that. Anyway, uh, there, there was a lot. I got to play through. I've only played through it once. The rest of the games I've done at least two or three times each. Mm. So uh, good good times with that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's for sure. Well, that's it for Rocksteady. Oh, we felt like we, we spent a lot. Th- those are notable games, so we had to spend a little time on those. But what, what do we got after that? Uh, Lego Avengers in 2016. So this yeah. one was it based off like of the movies. MC, uh, MCU-based. Um, I didn't really play them. But I didn't play them either yet. This one was okay. Um, I actually played it just this past summer. But it was the three Iron Man movies, uh, first two Cap movies, Avengers, also Age of Ultron. Um, I think they just took bits and pieces of the other movies. They had movies. like DLC for Doctor Strange and Black Panther, I think, right? I think so. I think, yeah. You could you could purchase it, so actual paid DLC. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know it is what it is. Did you like Iron Man three? I did. Okay, we'll talk the about movie? that later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I thought it was I thought it was all right. I, I thought it, I thought I it was like a weaker the one. The way yeah. Seth likes Spider Man three, I would <laughs> like Iron Man <laughs> okay. Iron Man three. I would yeah. say. Neither. I don't think it's so. That's a whole other time yeah, we'll for a different time. I just thought sorry. <laughs> um, Lego Avengers uh, 2016. Also, we got the uh, first foray into Telltale. So yes. Batman the Telltale series. Yes. So. Um, so the first Telltale game I played, it wasn't the first one that they made, but it was uh, The Wolf Among Us, which was based on the uh, the Fable comic series. Um, so I played that one as a demo, and I really kind of fell in love with the storytelling that they were kind of going about with this. Um, so as soon as I found out they were doing the Batman one, of course I was, uh, you know, hooked on it. But, um, the idea of playing as Batman in a less intense way, but it's still deep, was really interesting for these games. And we we already have two seasons of this now. Yeah. Very um, quick. And it focused on the duality of, of Bruce Wayne and It did. Half of it, you're playing as Bruce Wayne, the other half you're playing as Batman. And even though it's, you know... I, I forgot, you used the term earlier. You said it was, um, was it? Uh, a graphical text adventure? Um, no, nope, not that one. Choose your own adventure. Cell shaded. No. Cell shaded. What are we talking In about? In terms here? of graphics. <laughs> um, sl- like the slow motion fighting. There's, there's a term you used for it, but I forgot what it's mm. called. Cut, cut scene, short scene. Quick time know. event? Quick time events. Yes. <laughs> ah. <laughs> had a rif- yeah, had a rifle through a million different terms. <laughs> a lot QTEs. Of, a lot of terms that's Telltale, um, right? It's all you decide what you're going to say, and then it's smash your it. button, yep. right? But mm. those effects are lasting throughout the game, and they actually do um, change the ending. So, And they carry over into season two. Correct. Woo. So the first one we got was in 2016. Um that was August 2016 to November 2016, and each um, episode of the series continued from where you left off, carried over your decisions, and w- one of the things I loved about this is how they recreated these famous characters. I mean, you got, like, a new style. Um, my best example is, is um, the Penguin, Kawapat. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, when you first see him, you're like... And I don't recall, because it's been a while, if he was in the first one or, th- or the second one or both. But I believe it was first one and ended up being you, that you see him like in, You see him like in the park, and he's like an old kind of shady buddy kind of thing. Based, almost homeless in a way. Yeah. Or that's how and, it's played. But like you see him, and you're like, oh, he's not like the the Danny DeVito, you know, pipeline <laughs> or like. So it's yeah. interesting to like finally see like a different takes on these different characters. That's one of the things I absolutely loved about these games. So, um, And it's been so long for the first one that I have to go back, and I'm still trying to play the second one and I've heard very good things about the second one so second one's definitely better uh, for what it's worth what I, I ended up reviewing the original season of Batman Telltale series I gave it a, a relatively low score morphing into the second season I thought they, they did a much better job and Harley Quinn is, is there Joker is back um, but Joker's not bad but yet. he's not bad yet 
You have uh, the option. <laughs> I love that you have the option of kind of taking uh, charge of his path in a way. So uh, I was hoping it, it would be executed a little bit better, but I'm a huge fan of Telltale Games. Yeah. So anything they put out, I play basically. Yeah. So I definitely need to go and back and play these again because I've I love what they did with them, and I would like to go back and kind of take my time with it and actually play it through, not just play like samples of it. Um, yeah. Is Guardians next, or was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Guardians, I don't want to spend too much time on because I played the first episode of it and it wasn't for me did you play that one or no i did you did play I, I played the whole season okay so i heard a lot of mixed reviews about this i played the first one i didn't get sucked into it because it kind of starts off like like you're already in the middle of something i didn't like that and then just the way that the characters kind of started off for me i didn't i didn't buy it maybe because i was pulling off the movie too much so I kind of liked it because I thought it didn't take itself too, too seriously. Yeah. One thing, so the premise of Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale is they kill Thanos. They kill Thanos right in the beginning. Really? They kill, wow. it's hilarious. Right in the beginning. They kill Thanos. Good on the Guardians. <laughs> right? They could have saved so much <laughs> disappearing. Even they're so, surprised. So. <laughs> and the premise. We would have been, been out a wonderful meme though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is the best meme on the internet. We would have been out that, but they uh, fight internally over whether to sell his body to the, or take it to the Novacore or sell it to the collector. And mm -hmm. that becomes the whole season. And it's kind of funny. And your consequences branch off of those paths. I liked it. Um, it. It was okay. It was one of the shorter Telltale series. It wasn't the best, but it also focused in one episode on the relationship between Thanos, Nebula, and Gamora in a flashback, which I liked a lot. A little deeper. It also takes Peter Quill back to his boyhood in a flashback in every episode to just listening to music with his mother, which I thought was really cool. Which one did you like the best, Tom? Of the, of, of the, of the Telltale, yeah. I, Wolf Among Us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is okay. Wolf Among Us is great. Okay. It is very yeah. good, and I've only played uh, like the first couple episodes of that. So mm. something about those games though, like I need to like sit down and like commit to it. Like I'm watching a movie, and I haven't had the time to actually like. I, I, I want to give this game my full attention if I'm gonna actually play it through. So I need to go back and do that. But there's always so much going on. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Love Wolf Among Us. I can't wait yeah. for season two for that. Um, let's see. Uh, well, we'll come back to Puff Ox and see he's uh, taking a bathroom break here. But uh, <laughs> Lego Incredibles we got just a few months ago. Y yeah, you played that one on Switch recently, right? Yep. Uh, uh, so we. We got physical copies of, of this for review, which was great, to uh, Nintendo Switch uh, and PS4, and it was good. So this was Disney's first Lego game. And was that one um, Incredibles 1 and 2? Yes. Okay, so it was both games. What's weird is it took, it starts with Incredibles 2. Okay. You finish the entire Incredibles 2 plot, and then it goes to the Incredibles 1. Yeah. I don't know what the decisioning was there, but and it's it's great. I didn't play it's this open one world. either. Um, playable characters in that one is it the full set of characters from the game or is it is it pretty much anybody you can think of in that movie anybody okay uh, so the whole family uh all these random side characters that are not super strong yeah but, but there's there's a good deal and there's a lot of pixar characters okay so you fine. can be like woody from toy story for example or sully from monsters inc it's kind of cool huh that's i'm fun. hoping for like a, a toy story lego game yeah that's definitely doable that would be good <laughs> uh pav we uh, skipped over it, but we'll come back in Justice Two, which uh, 2017. Okay. Well, we all, I believe we also skipped over original Injustice. We did. We did. <laughs> so let's talk about those as a whole. Right. Uh, Inju original Injustice came out in 2013. That 
kind of cements that NetherRealm is a studio to watch out for. It's right after the Mortal Kombat reboot. Um, both really good games, so that establishes them as a fighting mainstay in the industry. That, that, that Injustice inter- introduced the uh, environmental interaction dynamic. Yes, that it did. That would then be implemented in the Mortal Kombat games as right. well. Right. Yeah. Releases I, on basically every system. Sells very well. I, I think all of them together sold well over 3 million copies, so a yeah, big they, success for them. And they kind of... Yeah, each NetherRealm game kind of iterates both mechanic-wise and kind of with release strategies. Uh, and they, they each uh, kind of have more and more DLC content. And uh, Injustice had like five or six DLC characters. It had uh, tie-in, like uh, co- different costumes and stuff for mm-hmm. a Man of Steel, for Arrow. And uh, that would kind of continue on through Mortal Kombat X and Injustice 2. Uh, and Injustice 2 really stepped it up because that was introduced fully customizable uh, right. equipment and tech and everything. Yeah, the gear system. Um, and and it, what's great about that is you, if you want to play competitively, like especially online, you don't have to use it. Mm-hmm. You can either play with the gear system in uh, in place or you could play where you're just playing as the base characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Injustice 2 is a huge, huge success last year. Um, yeah. Over two million copies sold. Won numerous um, fighting game of the year awards, including was, from us here at the Geekiverse. Yeah. We voted as the best fighter of last year. I mean, we've pl- we've played that numerous times. We had us up at Nickel City Con the yeah, one year at our Geekiverse. Geek, yep, it was. Uh, that's one of the yeah best best games of the year. I think uh, for the, sure. The story of it is fantastic. Uh, the the really you know NetherRealm really stepping up their, their their game with the the production value of that story and. And uh, yeah, the, the Injustice games overall kind of have this interesting kind of uh, this alternate kind of like, uh, you know, Superman becomes like this evil dictator and Batman leads this resistance kind of storyline. But it's also it's kind of like alternate dimension kind of thing, kind of infinite crisis type of stuff. Uh, they're great stories and Injustice 2 just ups it even more with that. They're having be like those factions, but also uh like this this faction led by gorilla grod and then you have brainiac invading uh who was voiced by jeffrey combs if i'm not mistaken from reanimator and it's just uh it is one of the standout games of the year yeah i love the injustice games although i'm really uh answering for a new mortal Kombat, so i'm hoping that is the next game that netherrealm announces and they're just well made too they're they're very much a like a prime example of a fighter that's easy to learn but offers a lot to master yeah um, very accessible if you've never played any kind of fighting game at all i know we've played it numerous times here at josiah's house um mm. people picking oh, it up I'm just so for, bad. right it, but it, it, you can pick up the controls fairly quickly however if you want to get into the deeper aspects of the fighting mechanics and they're there especially with like your combos and your special moves um there's a lot to there's a lot to learn and uh you know kind of master about it so they're very much uh accessible to a wide audience fighting gurus and you know fighting you know casuals or newbies those, those netherrealm games are just such good complete packages even you know from uh mortal 2011's mortal combat onward they have uh they have the our full arcade modes they have story modes they have challenge ladders they have all all this you know they, they have online functionality they just have such an incredible suite of content that is uh really stands out amongst fighting games you had like street fighter 5 which was you know mechanically satisfying but was really kind of bare bones in terms right. of what there is outside of versus and arcade modes so until the um arcade version eventually came out but that wasn't until about a year or two right. later yeah so uh, you know injustice 2 launched 
you know, full package. Yeah. Uh, so know, every very, every very another realm, game. every injustice game kind of mm-hmm. still retained that that <coughs> approach. So yeah. What do we got after that, man? Uh, last thing I we had on the list, uh, we kind of touched on a little bit was Spider Man uh, PS4, which just came out recently. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's uh, <Yeah>. beep. <laughs> it, it not much else to say about it. It it is wonderful. It's built on, uh, I think as Seth kind of put it, it's touched on some of the best parts of past Spider-Man games. Feels mm. like the answer to uh, Arkham for what we've gotten with Batman to a point while retaining mm. its own identity. Yeah. Uh, so for sure. I, you know, hopefully uh, this can become something a lot greater in terms of be greater. That's the hashtag for the game. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so hopefully it can become something bigger in terms of the, um, in my head, there's a Marvel Games universe, which I'll, I'll touch on later this week at the thegeekiverse.com. Uh, but it is a nice foundation if that is the case. And it's exciting to see yeah. a game of that caliber uh, on a system like the PS4. So it's, it's part of Disney's new approach of instead of, you know, th- because they used to have Disney Interactive mm-hmm. and they, they shuttered that in favor of just it, it partnering with very talented studios to make games based on their properties instead of them trying to do it in house. So you get Insomniac making that, you get Crystal Dynamics making an Avengers game. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a good approach. And uh, so far it's uh, paid off very well. So yeah. do you think that Crystal Dynamics game, just off of speculation, is like a full Avengers sort of game or something just set in the Avengers universe, maybe more focusing on one character, if you had a guess. I've always heard it described as an Avengers game. Me too. I, I don't know. I mean, like... We know nothing I, I, about it. I mean, though. if... if it, I, I don't know. That, that would be... I can't help people just, like... If they announce we got an Avengers game, you don't play as the Avengers, but you play as this guy who. Play, but do you I, play I think, as a, an Avenger? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, I don't know where to go with that. We don't um, have many details on it. It's funny because, so at E3 this year, I was at Sony's uh, event mm-hmm. and I talked to someone from Sony. Yeah. And we were talking about Microsoft's press conference, mm-hmm. and he even to me said, "I can't believe we haven't heard anything about the Avengers game that's coming." Yeah. Up. Huh. And I, I to me that kind of was like what what's happening like we don't even have a tease a title a premise at this point yeah i would think it would probably be like a create your own superhero you think you f- so you become an avenger that's like the um you remember x-men destiny like yeah. Uh, yeah that was silicon knights it was their last game it was this uh x-men game that was supposed to be like that hmm. but it was um it was a rushed uh, limited budget thing that was uh it may have been a, g- a good game if they had been given the time and money to to complete it, but it was like this. R- yeah, it was supposed to be like you play alongside. You can either join the Brotherhood of Mut- Mutants or the X Men, and uh, you can kind of create your character. But they had just had these these three different variations to choose mm. from, and it was this really kind of uh, disappointing game. But uh, it, that'd be I hadn't even considered that before. I always just thought it would be. You know, you play as the different Avengers because th- there was actually a game that was supposed to come out that was supposed to be like that. Uh, that was canceled back around when like the first movie came out. It was first person. You could play as Hulk or Captain America or Iron Man. They had like scrolls in it and stuff, and there's footage from it. And uh, it's a game. And, th- and there was also actually another one from even a few years earlier that was like an uh, kind of a brawler game, like a third person brawler that took place in the Marvel universe that had a. Uh, it, it, to me, watching the prototype footage, it kind of reminded me of like War of the Monsters for PS2. The way you kind of had these like yeah, small, very fun open game. environments, and you could the superheroes like these destructible environments and everything. And uh, 
that was another there's so many canceled superhero properties that could be an episode all on its own but uh, i always pictured this crystal dynamics one being you play as you know a few different Avengers. Me too. And then there's uh there's some guardian uh, other Guardians of the Galaxy game that's being made. Is there a studio attached to that? I thought there was, but uh, it's not coming to mind. So Why maybe not. I? Maybe that's just speculation. Yeah. Uh, but well, Who knows? Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's, there's a bright future, and maybe this was testing the waters with uh, Insomniac here. So exciting times yeah. indeed at this point in superhero. Yeah, I think I think we may have turned a corner with uh, Insomniac Spider-Man. In I think so. What we'll be seeing. So I'm excited. Good stuff. Future's bright. So really good discussion tonight, uh, obviously, from the, the five of us, which is really good to bring in all these different perspectives and different expertise on the different eras that we have. Uh, we'll wrap things up here. Where can we find everyone on social media? What can you plug for thegeekiverse.com? Start to my right, Mr. Tom Colbert. I am on Twitter, at Tom Colbert. Um, what else do we need? What am I working on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 I was kind of like half listening. It's so good. It's slow down there, Chief. <laughs> Just like the listeners. Uh, what are you yeah, doing, yeah. you bum? <laughs> um, so you I just released an interesting take on uh, on Superman. Yeah, with all the uh, Henry Cavill leaving DCU news, I released um, my thoughts um, on how, what DC could do without Superman even in the picture at all and how they can kind of save their current line of heroes if they want to or if they should just kind of reboot it and start over and cast somebody else. Um, I had that going on. I started reading a book called Kill the Farm Boy and it is a very Monty Python-esque fantasy book and I'm like 30 pages in and I'm like laughing out loud already. <laughs> it's just like it's. What's the name of it again? It's called Kill the Farm Boy. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's it's very good. I'm like it, on the back. I was mm. like uh, like LOL style comedy. I was like, no way. So 30 pages in, I was I already laughed like six times out loud. <laughs> I'm like, this Gotta is good jokes. So, but it has like really unique humor, similar to how like the Monty Python world worked with like those kind of kind of jokes and. Yeah. I mean, it, it just with like the main villain is like a necromancer named Steve. It's that kind of like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. So yeah. Definitely check that out. Um, necromancer uh, named Steve. I'm, I'm Sounds like a good companion to the uh, Disenchantment series on Netflix. Right yes, now. which yeah. is also good. I watched all that. Yeah, so I've that, seen that the first five. I like okay. it though. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that it's up, on so. my list. Yep, <laughs> lots to do. I'm telling you, there's so much to yep. do. There's so much. We so are much in content. the golden age yep. of, of content. Just content in general, but quality geek content. Yeah, yeah, we really are. So I'll probably make that my next project will be to play or read through that in between my No Man's Sky planetary discoveries. And then, um, how about you, Puff? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. Um, I got a fun little article coming up this week for my high fantasy uh, trilogy, The Legend of Light, which is published in collaboration with the Geekiverse. Um, it's going to be an article listing, kind of like a travel guide, listing some of the most important locations and areas in the world where the story is set the first book the echoes of light released earlier this year and we are currently hard at work uh editing the manuscript for book two a gleaming path which we plan to have out before the end of the year if yeah we're getting there uh if you are a fan of such series like uh shannara earthsea chronicles of narnia um i think this is a uh, series you would enjoy so i hope you can check it out but we'll have that coming out this week and then like i said hopefully book two releasing before the end of the year if a studio optioned your book and turned it into a video game open world who would it be woof um Nintendo. 
That's the easy answer and probably the right one. Um, I would love to see the studio, the same studios, Nintendo EAD, that does the Zelda games because Legend of Zelda is one of my greatest inspirations for my fiction. It's built so, for it. So I would love to see them take it on. One day. That'd be great. Look forward to it. Mr. Lockhart. I am Nate Lockhart. I talk to you about a bunch of old crap. Um, <laughs> you can so blunt about it. To a lot of other old crap. Uh, listening to my podcast, The Memory Machine, which you can find on the Geekiverse uh, Media Empire. Um, you can look on um, SoundCloud, It's a Thing Media, or the Geekiverse on iTunes. Just look for my episodes that come out. They're called The Memory Machine. Um, I have one coming out very, very soon. Uh, so tomorrow, Thursday. by the time you're hearing this one. Yes. Uh, I uh, had a conversation with Fritzy Kramer of MoviesSilently.com. We had a great conversation about uh, about silent film and our love for it and and um, all the exciting things happening in uh, in that field. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nate underscore Lockhart. You can find me on Instagram at Nathaniel.Lockhart. It's very imaginative. Uh, Nathaniel is I-E-L, not A-E-L. Those who spell it that way are heathens. <laughs> um, and uh, let me think. Anything else happening? Oh, um, we're working on a thing where I review every conversion of Donkey Kong, the arcade game that ever came out. Tweet at me and tell me if you think that idea is good or if it's stupid. Please tell me it's good. I want to read it. That's why. I'll probably do it anyways because I'm kind of at the point in my life. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I like. <laughs> so anyway, that's me. Good. Mr. Zelensky, please tell us. Fun fact about the memory machine is uh, the, the title was originally pitched by Nate's wife, and the original title was Nerdy Nate's Memory Machine, which I <laughs> true. still maintain should be the title. But uh, memory machine is great, too. Uh, I'm <laughs> Seth Zelinsky. I uh, can be found on Twitter at Capamerikonsky. I uh, have a new series going here on the Geekiverse called PS Tracks, where we look back at the games, gear, and overall culture of the PlayStation 1 era of gaming. Uh, first episode, we talked about Siphon Filter. Then we did a little unboxing of the 500 million limited edition PS4 Pro system. And uh, we've got a new one coming out very shortly, uh, fitting for the episode based on the Neversoft a PS1 Spider-Man game. So uh, we talk more extensively about that and about uh, why I think the game is notable and why it's fun and uh, there's an appearance by Spider-Man himself in that episode. So check that out. <laughs> Coming soon. And oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Wow, Excellent. what a get. You got Spider-Man? Yeah. That's what's impressive. His, what, what's his appearance fee? Well, uh, Can he... you disclose that? Or, like, I don't know. What's going on? No, disclose it. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see what I can mention. I uh, he was w let's let's just say when when Spider-Man gets paid it's pizza time up in here so you mm. know if 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 you if you know if you know about pizza time then you'll know I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> Josiah say something so so your Turtle your time? bundle of joy <laughs> quote unquote yes that's right uh, I love PS Trex I oh, maybe you. it's because I know Seth and I. Mm find him funny at every turn oh, but wow. i also think it's really informative Jeez. siphon filter i never played back in the day but now i know about it and i've seen some of the better commercials 
thanks to you. Oh yeah, I love I love video game commercials, so I always try to implement those. I, I would agree. As someone who grew up uh, aggressively not caring about Sony and its PlayStation, um, th- these have been very uh, <laughs> well, well. These have been very informative, and it makes me uh, give a crap. Aggressively so. not caring, yeah. says Nate Lockhart. Thank you very much. <laughs> how many before I go into my thing? How many PlayStation fours have you had? Is this number two or three? Yeah, it's just the second one. I this is my. F- I've I, had two as well. Wow, I it makes me as much of a PlayStation fanboy. I would say probably. Wouldn't you agree, Pops? Like that's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what is? <laughs> He's just gonna take off from the high chair like a rocket. Just <laughs> goes right through the ceiling. I say again, I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. That's J O S I A H. I uh, I don't have a, a fancy way of uh, spelling it like the heathens that would spell Nathaniel with an A L. How dare they? Uh, but you can check me out there. Probably talking about uh, not just Geekiverse stuff, but hockey stuff. Sabres won four to one tonight. Even though it's just preseason, we'll take it. We'll take it. You know who else won in the preseason? No, I don't want to know. The Bills. I just said no. We're not talking football, Nate. Okay, the Bills suck. It is what it is. <laughs> This is the year I thought they were going to have last year with the... the uh, ten picks next draft. That's all I care about right now. It is what it is. Let's just get through this season. Uh, so for thegeekiverse.com, I've got a l- bunch of reviews up currently. Uh, you can check out my NHL 19 review if you're into that. Uh, shortly, we'll have our Shadow of the Tomb Raider review. Seth is working on our Spider-Man PS4 review. Um, lots of games coming out in the next month. We've got Red Dead 2 by the time uh, we talk to you next. Forza... Uh, new Assassin's Creed. Mega Man 11. New Mega Man. There you go. Uh, lots going on with that. Uh, as we mentioned, also, you can go to youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. Check out Seth's new PS Trex uh, monthly episodic series, uh, which is great so far. It's the perfect mix of... Uh, so far, I'll assume, don't you worry. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's bound to fall off that cliff. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out where that happens. Uh, we do, uh, again, we mentioned earlier in the episode, our, our partners over at 26shirts.com uh, who launched a new line of clothing called Fantastic. Uh, so that is almost one year old. Coming up this October, they launched a new line of shirts every, or a new shirt design every week, I should say. Pick that up. Uh, go to fanti- 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. I'm waiting for Fantastic.com because that would just be easier for me to say. It's okay, Del. We love you anyway. Uh, use the code GEEK10, that's G E E K. T-E-N, and you'll get 10% off of your order for your geek shirt. Uh, on a serious note here, uh, one time will be uh, as serious as can be for the episode. September is uh, Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. We have had a, uh, a few members right in our Geekiverse family who have been uh, affected by that directly, including uh, Pete Herr, uh, whose uh, daughter Rebecca passed away at the age of four, and uh, also Amanda, one of our editors, whose brother Jed passed away just a, a few years ago. Uh, we want to raise some money uh, for a good cause. You can check out full details right at thegeekiverse.com. Just search pediatric. Uh, for any donation you make, 100% of those funds are going uh, to one of two charities that we are donating to for the month. So just a really a uh, few weeks left to go on that. We'd really appreciate it if you'd take some consideration. And if you can't contribute, no problem. If you wouldn't mind passing that along on social media or just letting a, a family or friend member know about that, we'd really appreciate that because yeah, that is near and dear to our hearts. So uh, we'll talk to you in a month. We'll we'll have a new Geek Scott game going on, like I said, right in the, the middle of kind of the, the crazy video game season here with Red Dead 2 just having uh, come out. 
We'll have a new memory machine uh, tomorrow by the time you're hearing this. And last plug that we want to give, if you like our podcast, go listen to The Girls Who Geek, who talked about their favorite Disney Channel original movies, I believe. They did do that. And the memory machine did that as well. So there's going to be some really fun crossover going on there with people uh, talking. uh, So so you'll get perspective from two different groups of people. It should be very exciting and very fun to listen to different perspectives in that way. Love it. I'm also going to do it next week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was say, I watched a movie own. called The Luck of the Irish, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> oh, I know what you're that about. movie was nuts. <laughs> it was Sorry, nuts. go ahead. That's okay. I, I've got actually one last plug. Uh, go to patreon.com. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the Geekiverse. Uh, there are one of a number of support levels that you can choose to subscribe uh, for as little as $1 a month because it helps us. Keep the lights on. That's right. So we need those lights. We can't see in the dark, everybody. Uh, We appreciate it. There are different perks that are unlocked per level that you subscribe to. We'd appreciate that. And again, if you can't subscribe, no big deal. If you wouldn't mind passing that on to a friend. We like those lights around here. So Seriously, if you don't, you're dead to us. That's it. (laughs) Dead to us. For Tom, Pavlak, Nate, and Seth, I'm Josiah. We really appreciate you sticking along. If you've gotten to this point in the episode, because, geez, we're about two hours in. Really appreciate you. We'll catch you in a month.